0: Hello, everybody. We are here um, for Getting Some Color, episode 36. We are going to be reviewing some AEW Grand Slams. By the way, I kept on making mistakes that I kept on saying Super Brawl, like we're doing WCW shit. (laughs) No, not yet. (laughs) I kept on doing AEW Super Brawl, and I'm like, why can't I find anything for anything? But we are here. I'm Joe Dubs.
1: And I'm Zach.
0: And... um, we did say that we were going to do this on Thursday, but we found out that the four-hour Grand Slam was combining Dynamite with Rampage. And the reason why they say a four-hour event is because they recorded it in the same night, both Dynamite and Rampage. Rampage is a recorded second show for AEW.
1: They, they kind of misrepresented it like last week when they made the announcement. Mm-hmm. like it's good dynamite's gonna be four hours and it was like what oh okay and then it was it wasn't
0: <laughs> yeah because i was like man are we really gonna be watching this all the way to 12 a.m it's such an odd way to close it out i mean they did say it was like a free pay-per-view so yeah. like i guess you know if it was gonna go to 12 a.m it better end well and i guess we'll get to that as far as ending um but before we get into Bolt Rampage and uh, Dynamite, what's some news do you want to tackle first? So I'll let you get some news in.
1: There's been some, some social media-related happenings w- w- with wrestling lately. Mm-hmm. The first one I'll go into has to do with uh, the NXT 2.0 reboot.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, Tuesday they uh, debuted some guy named Joe Gacy and he had a gimmick where he was like a there's not really any other way to put it he was like a heel social justice warrior wrestler because he was start doing this promo where he sat in the middle of the ring and he was talking about like there's so much conflict but i'm going to make nxt a safe space and i'm not going to use my male privilege to do stuff like <laughs> yeah like he was saying all that stuff that's what it was that's what they were trying to to do and he had a match with Cameron Grimes, and I saw the clips of it, and it this guy seems decently talented.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: he lost. It was funny, though, because at the end of the match, he was, like, standing behind Cameron Grimes. He looked fucking pissed off, like he was gonna, like, you know, glom him from behind or something. Mm-hmm. And then he just, like, shook his hand or so He wanted to shake his hand, and Cameron Grimes was like, what? Because f- <laughs> he just got beat. And then Then he wanted to hug him, and he's like, no, no, stay away from me, and they hugged, and he was like, okay. (laughs) He left. (laughs) Uh, And I guess, I mean, I didn't see anybody complaining about it, but I guess some people were, like, complaining, and they removed all reference of this guy, Joe Gacy, and everything.
0: See, this, this this is where the WWE needs to stop doing this. Like, even with AEW as well, they need to stop letting the Twitter douches troll uh tell what a company should do because a person like that keep in mind even if they did go into his past and he said like the n-word or something like i bet you that was probably in his like 15 or uh 15 years old or 20 early where you know people are dumb when they're young but like they need to stop doing that because a person like that a plain sjw wrestler I, I would actually dig and I, you know what? I would actually probably root for it because you know he's getting that heat, brother. You know, and so,
1: for some people, it's heat,
0: yeah. And like <laughs> it would be interesting. Like, you heard me on Facebook, I was like, you know, maybe if they're making the product a little edgier, kind of what they're doing right now, and maybe this might reel me into kind of watch and see if it's entertaining because the only thing that's missing in the WWE is entertainment and
2: uh,
0: because the wrestling's fine in my opinion. Wrestling for, for the most part yeah. it's fine.
1: It
0: it's just that the entertainment and the cookie cutter storylines just doesn't add up and you have to let people some people uh do well without a script. And yeah. and this was like in the right direction and they caved and it's bullshit. It-
1: another thing to think about too is, is like this guy was just doing what he was told to do. Obviously Uh, this was their idea to give him this gimmick. And he just tried to do the best he could with it. Mm -hmm. And in some kind of roundabout way, just because I guess some people are a little oversensitive about that subject. They kind of derailed this dude's career for now, maybe (laughs) because you know, what's going to happen is he's going to go back to the back of the line and creative's gonna have to come up with something else for him if the creative team's still the same or not in nxt i don't know it used to be like just a couple people that were considered writers and triple h and now i guess Shawn michaels so you know what (laughs) now i I don't know what it is now i think bruce pritchard's involved in it now and yeah the the
0: fucking yes man he is um (sighs) what really bothers me is like all these people that like scour the internet to find something uh, against a person that is making fun of their culture uh, in an entertaining way in in a comedic way it's not like they're like calling out a certain person it's not like they're getting like a, i don't know i'm just gonna name a random person like a brad pitt like he's always playing brad pitt he's making fun of him like even if he was making fun of him they should allow him to do it and it's funny um but all these people that are, like, doing this, you know their skeletons in their, in their closets where they're fucking saying N-word this, N-word that, and uh,
1: look they're at... they creeps. They creep on women or something yeah. every single time. Look, every single
0: time. Look at Howard Stern. Howard Stern used to say weird fucking shit. Like, he used to say, like, uh, during the Columbine days where he's like... Why he killed all the the women the girls? Why didn't they rape him? And it's like he said he said he said that back then on his radio show.
1: Okay, I didn't know
0: that. And and it's it's like it's amazing how people forget that. I mean, maybe one day he will get that cancellation. That um, you know what the other side loves to do to each other is they love to eat their own. But I digress on it. It's just stupid that you ruin a man's career because he was doing something funny and entertaining.
1: It was satirical. I felt like it was satirical. Mm -hmm. Uh, and who knows what's going to happen with this guy now. It's like I said, obviously he's going to go back to the line and I don't know what the creative's looking like there now. Um, it's not quite like, I I don't know if it's going to be like the, the the main roster WWE creative, which is like, we've been wondering where Sasha Banks is at for a while now. Mm. -hmm. And, I don't know what happened, but like now there's stories going around and it's like creative still trying to come up with something for her. And I'm like, how does it take that long to come up with something for her to do? <laughs> this, is, this is ridiculous. It's like when they left, uh, they left Charlotte off WrestleMania this year and she was like, good to go in like January, I think mm-hmm. and crave just, we don't have anything for you. How do you not, how do you not come up with something like that for something like her To do how how is that difficult? (laughs) Like
0: I don't know, and it it just it just amazes amazes me again. And we always say this every time we do our shows, like NXT Sasha Bank the boss when she had her fucking feud with Bailey that was fucking amazing. Both of them come come to the main roster, and they're the total opposites of what what they could be. The only thing that was like the same is Charlotte. She was Charlotte Flair in NXT. Uh, and maybe she was a little green in NXC. Then she came to the main roster and was still Charlotte Flair. I mean, they changed her name a little here and there. Once she was Charlotte, then she was Charlotte Flair, and then back to Charlotte, and then Charlotte Flair again. Uh,
1: she kind of it evolved, her gimmick sort of evolved more to where she's more mm. pompous. She's got more of a track record now and everything.
0: But But it's amazing. Just make Sasha the boss. Do something with her. I mean, even if you don't want to make her champion you could still make her win and look decent enough to be like i'm the boss i'm eventually going to get the title maybe not right now and that that's where it hurts a little bit with the wwe and and wrestling today is like people want you know their favorite star to become a champion You, you need to build that you need to have that moment just like how the last time something decent was done like that was daniel bryan because Daniel Bryan had that slow burn where eventually he was he got to that WrestleMania moment and it was fucking amazing. You don't get that anymore. Every every time, you know, they get a, a crowd is like all oh, we have to sometimes give it to the people and then take the belt off of them right away because that's wasn't their plan. They just wanted to appease the crowd. And it's just like stop cheering for that, let it happen. Let it brew.
1: Yeah. And just a quick reminder, sometimes not everybody can be champion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, if you ask me, I still, I think there's too many belts in WWE right now as it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, I've heard rumors. Of, I guess this is a quick side before I get back to my other news. There's rumors going around that AEW is creating a, a secondary women's title. And I'm like, no, you guys, you know I mean? the women's roster is not quite that fleshed out for something like that.
0: Mm-hmm i don't understand why they're doing that um i think
1: supposedly it's like the tnt champion equivalent for for them but
0: maybe if they start you know signing like you have thunder rosa in there and all the other girls that are decent i can understand maybe putting a title on them but like you don't want to overcrowd the title situation um no especially when your division's not that huge to have a second title.
1: No, there's still, it's still kind of forming, uh, I, excuse me. I would say it's getting to a point where it's starting to get decent. Maybe mm-hmm. if they, you know, if they continue to get some good women and maybe let some go that aren't that good, <laughs> uh, it'll be fine. But, uh, just an aside, but, You were talking about how, like, oh, you know, people shouldn't be digging at people's past and trying to bring it up to get them in trouble, Mm -hmm. and I agree. And something like that happened to John Cena Friday, apparently. (laughs) But um, there was uh, the new Dark Side of the Ring episode came out, and it was about Chris Canyon, um, and some people went back and found a clip of John Cena on Howard Stern. It's so weird how you brought all this stuff up, and it has to do with this story. (laughs) (laughs) Where Somebody asked him a question about Chris Canyon, and he had recently been released at that point from WWE, because remember, he did have a brief run there. Mm -hmm. Um, And all Cena said was, I think he got let go because he just wasn't that good of a wrestler. He's kind of being at this point in time people would still when they would do interviews and stuff they would still so- somewhat be in character mm-hmm. um it was probably around 2005 i think i want to say 2004 2005 and uh a bunch of people got online dug that clip up and they were trying to say look john Cena hates he hates gay people because he said chris canyon was a bad wrestler that caused him to like get out of WWE and it caused him to spiral into depression and caused him to eventually kill himself. (laughs) And then then what happened was a bunch of people were like, no, hang on, stop. John Cena does a bunch of stuff for the LGBTQ people all the time and his older brother is gay. (laughs) And it pretty much just backfired. It just didn't work. (laughs)
0: Let's put this in perspective though. Let's just say John Cena wasn't in character, right? He didn't go. He didn't go on Howard Stern and said this. This. This gay man uh, is, you know, terrible, and you know he shouldn't be a wrestler because he's gay. What he te- totally, uh, based off of what you're telling me, is that he's he's a bad wrestler.
1: He just gave his opinion of his work was all.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah. maybe that drives someone to hurt themselves because. person like John Cena saying, you know, that he's not a good good wrestler could do that. But still, you shouldn't take that and use it and be like, oh, he hates gay people. No. (laughs) It's not. You should take that criticism and be like, you know what, bitch, John Cena, I'm just going to fucking train. I'm going to get better. And I'm going to go to, uh, I guess, Impact or TNA back in the day. And I'm gonna prove you wrong. I'm I'm gonna go into the Indies. I'm gonna go to New Japan and I'm gonna prove you wrong. That's that's the mindset that he should have had. But instead, all these other fucking stupid people are just being like, cancellation. But you know what? It's John fucking Cena. And you know what? He's got China on his side now, so fuck um, you. <laughs> well,
1: um, but yeah, it backfired, um and uh, thing about Canyon was, is he did continue his career for all, all the way up till he, he died, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was still doing shots on the indies and stuff, but I want to see that episode. Cause I don't know a whole lot about Canyon. I just remember when he was Mortis at WCW. Mm-hmm. And I remember when he eventually changed out of being Mortis and he was just, you know, I'm Canyon. Who better than Canyon? He's doing that shit. And he was, uh, I sort of remember him being a pretty good wrestler, actually. Uh, and then so, the whole reason people tried to turn this into a controversy was like uh, some people thought he got released from WWE because he was gay. And that, that had something to do with There's no proof of that as far as I know. I haven't seen the, the episode yet. I don't know if there's any kind of basis for that.
0: I mean, um, Pat Patterson was in the fucking WWE. Right. He's gay.
1: He, he was part of the office, though, so you could see how maybe they didn't care if he was or not. But he's, he was kind of made man in WWE, so to speak. Darren but, Young? Uh, gay? That's well, He's more modern, though. This is, like, later.
0: Okay, this yeah. Is
1: ba- you know, back then, there was still some, some homophobia, I suppose, among people. Mm. But uh, I don't know. I never really heard that. It's just something people always suspected. So I, I, there's really not much else to say. I just thought it was kind of funny that people tried to cancel John and it didn't work or, <laughs> it was all.
0: or maybe he just wasn't the greatest wrestler that he should have been. And that ate away with him. And he, however he killed himself, he killed himself.
1: I don't know. I heard, I've heard the guy would sometimes take personal criticisms or, or he'd take stuff kind of hard because he struggled with, uh, uh, I mean, he he tried to keep himself in the closet as long as he could because he was always afraid that would hurt his career.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: So he had some personal issues that stemmed from that and trying to deal with that, be a wrestler.
0: I guess. I I guess Um, juggling that and maybe, you know, the, the game that Vince always does of trying to make you a superstar could be stressful at the same time as well.
1: And I don't really think it it was really had anything to do with his ability or, or his personality. I think it had probably more to do with this guy's from WCW. Mm. He's just we're just going to use him to get people over, and they probably thought they used him up, and they didn't have any more use for him, so they just got rid of him.
0: Well, that's that's the name of the game in wrestling. Like once you peak your your you know topness and all that stuff, you're just a person that could put people over sometimes. Sadly, yeah. sadly, you're you're used sometimes. Um, other than that, do you have any other? You said something about Becky Lynch.
1: Yeah, she did some interview, uh, like it, while they were over in the UK.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just going to paraphrase it because uh, it's like a whole paragraph. I'm not going to read it, mm-hmm. but she was saying uh, the thing. Pe- the thing that people remember about wrestling more than anything is s- stories and not flips or Canadian destroyers. <laughs> and then she basically just went on to say, like, uh, like I said, I'm paraphrasing again. She's like, um, some, she feels like sometimes people try to ha- go out of their way just to make sure the wrestling is, is really good. Technically good. In spite of telling a story and stuff. And I think she's right about that. <laughs> sometimes.
0: Um, if you, I mean, Becky Lynch has always been great at turning shit into a good story, especially in the WWE. Um, yeah.
1: Some people were like taking, ch- oh, you're in WWE. It's like, what's that have to do with what she's saying? It doesn't mean what she say is wrong. <laughs> it, it she, she is telling the
0: truth, but she still is in the WWE that does shitty storylines. So.
1: It's not really up to her though.
0: <laughs> I know it's not up to her, but it's. She doesn't have a right because I feel like when did she say Canadian destroyers and all that stuff, or did did you add that in there?
1: I mean, that's uh yeah, she did say Canadian destroyers, but like I'm just gonna go on record that's a fucking ridiculous move, and that used to be a finisher, mm-hmm. and nowadays it's not, and that's that's that is just ridiculous. <laughs> like, how can a flipping powder driver not finish a guy? It's just come on. I I
0: I get what she's trying to say, but I I don't think. She has a, sh- like, I feel like she's picking a shot at AEW in a way, because that's what they do, unfortunately. They do all these crazy-ass moves. It's like, AEW's still the better product to be interested than your shitty WWE product.
1: Well, it is. So you could say that, but that's also a lot of indie wrestling, too. It's not just them. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you, a lot of what AEW put on for a long time was just indie wrestling. yeah. And they kind of go back to that on uh, Rampage, but whatever. We're going to get to that. <laughs> but, um, I don't think that takes away for anything from what she's saying. It's all valid. It's just she can't help it that the management and shit wants to do something a certain way. It's just she's doing her job. It's like Joe Gacy. Mm. But,
0: I guess. I don't know. I a lot of wrestlers, like you look at Adam Cole, right? You look at um, people people like Daniel Bryan, uh, who who's not very vocal on things. They you don't see Adam Cole going, you know, um giving opinions in a way. He just did his shit did his Twitch because apparently that's why he was in NXT. I don't know if you heard anything. Uh he was always talking with Shawn Michaels to keep his Twitch because WWE hates when uh wrestlers get other income besides WWE. So um when you have people like Adam Cole, who's a great rest- in-ring and great talker, and then you have Daniel Bryan, who's a you know good in-ring... Uh, I don't know if he's a great promo all the time. He's a great promo now because he's cursing, I guess. And he's like being a little bit open. Uh, it's none of this, like, I'm the man. Yes, yes. And all that stuff. Um, it's just like they, took, they did their job and they just moved on. And I maybe her talking, she could change things. Um, but if you're just going to do pop shots at people who are doing Canadian destroyers and not caring about a story, I'm like, well, it's still WWE is still not interesting to look at. You could have a great wrestling match, but after that, at the end of the day, it's just a wrestling match. You can't move along, move along with the story in any way.
1: That's true. But I will just say this, uh, she is. She's turned this weird situation they put her in, and has somehow made it work.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> she's,
1: she's got. She's turned heel. She's gotten the crowd to boo her. She's getting Bianca more over. I saw the clip of like when I guess it was Friday. Uh, she finally got her hands on her and beat her down. They lost their shit when mm-hmm. she was able to finally get a hold of her. Mm-hmm. So it, it's actually she made it work. <laughs> so, they both made it work, but hey, she was able to like change the crab reaction on her.
0: Yeah, I'll give her that. Like I've always said, you know, she always takes shit stuff and make it good. Like um uh, when she broke her nose like that whole segment was silly until like she was all bloodied and you're just like, "Whoa." it's fucking cool <laughs>
1: uh, it was just it was just typical survivor series bullshit that was mm-hmm. supposed to be and he's like run in like because uh, she was just back i'll run in we're gonna we're gonna take him over and nia Jax pushed her in the fucking face as she does mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah then you got the iconic shot of like her covered in blood be like fucking come on bitch And it was cool
0: <laughs> yeah but yeah um other than that, any other news no okay <laughs> I want to get into this. I've been waiting to talk about this. So, the dark side of the ring for the plane ride from hell. um Vice. I, here's what I'll say about Vice. Vice has taken. I know Vice is more left leaning, more SJW when it comes to their content and whatever they write in their website. um So, like, I was surprised on how many dark side of the rings where I was like, you know, this is kind of interesting. They. They kind of take wrestling, even though it's like a shitty situation, but they go, well, that's the business, right? Until this story. And the story is about how um, WWE back in the early 2000s, they were starting to get like UK and like overseas uh, stuff going. And that was big in the early 2000s for WWE. And wrestlers got their own flight. They got, like, almost, like, unlimited booze and shit and food. So, um, shit got crazy. Uh, You have people like Michael P. Hayes. You have fucking Brock Lesnar, who just came into the business. You have JBL, which, by the way, I'm surprised, like, JBL, the only thing that happened with him is, like, he got into a fight. I thought he would do more bullying shit on the plane. Maybe, Maybe there is other stories. I know there's, like, different versions where... Apparently, like, Vince McMahon was wrestling with John Cena at some point. I think that's a different plane.
1: That was Kurt Angle.
0: Kurt Angle, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I've heard stories about that. But, like, the main thing that was controversy is Ric Flair loves to entertain the boys. Um, And when he entertains the boys is he takes all his clothes off and have his robe and apparently does a helicopter dick. In front of the boys, and they all got they all clap and shit, Uh, (laughs) which is a little weird, but I guess that's what like locker room stuff happens and shit because you know, boys are boys. Um, But they had this one flight attendant that keep in mind, I feel for her like if you have all those egos on a plane getting drunk and still drinking and and to the point where they stop serving, but then they keep on drinking anyway because they know where the booze is. Like, you're bound to have at least one or two or maybe a lot of fucking bad experience and she seems like she went through hell. Um, But she explained out a scene that Ric Flair, like, followed her into, like, a corridor uh, where, like, all the flight attendants go to make the food and shit before they come out uh, and, like, cornered her and tried to make her touch his penis
1: he was trying to get her to yeah
0: Yeah. and did that happen i don't know um apparently there's a lawsuit that you could read and shit because there, there was a settlement that happened uh but anyway people got fucking out of control on twitter speaking of cancel culture uh tommy dreamer and keeping the context, I don't think he knew what Vice put out there, so I'm I'm thinking maybe he, oh, the only thing he knew about was that Ric Flair was doing helicopter dick in front of the boys, and maybe he like showed his penis to the flight attendant. So like, the only thing I think Tommy Dreamer said is like he didn't rape anybody, you know. M- maybe flashing somebody's kind of. Stupid, and you know you shouldn't be doing that, but don't make it out like he's a rapist. And he like made like <laughs> this like weird the the one uh, he should let the ponytail thing out. <laughs> I think him like pointing out that oh look I have a double ponytail looked that, that's offensive to some people. He
1: uh, he tried to belittle it a, lo- a bit much. I think. I mean, there's no getting around it. He committed some kind of sexual misconduct. Yeah really and um yeah that kind of came back to bite him in the ass that the fact that he said that stuff and, and it's like i said before i get it he's kind of trying to defend rick flair because he's like his friends mentor this is like a guy's legend in the business everybody looks up to or something
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh he just did, he could have put it better probably <laughs>
0: Yeah, like I said, I think there was some context missing because Tommy Dreamer wasn't there himself to see, like, Ric Flair go to the flight attendant, in my opinion. Uh And I'm thinking maybe he just knew Ric Flair was doing the shit that he was doing because that's what he does every day uh, in the locker room. So, like, yeah. so I think that's what the context happened. And maybe he could have said it better. Yes, because having your dick out in public is bad. But anyway... It, they made Vi- uh, vice made these wrestlers look like they every day they are on the prowl of wanting to rape women, and it's retarded how they did it. And keep in mind, today they're not really talking about it, so it was only like a couple of days where people were freaking out. Um, because I I was I was livid I was. Texting you on Facebook and I'm like This is bullshit Tommy Dreamer is fucking Suspended from Impact And now he's not on the busted open radio Anymore because of this And I'm thinking to myself He didn't even take out his penis And he's getting fucking (laughs) Um
1: He's getting some blowback
0: He's getting blowback Uh, and Ric Flair's just I don't know he lost a fucking ad That's all he did
1: They just suspended it they didn't say they were going to stop working with him either I mean like people been aggravating on him on his social media. I don't think he directly uses his social media. Mm. I think he has like a guy that does it for him or something. Yeah. Uh but like this is all like, cause I I saw your comments before I was able to watch the episode. I was like, okay, and then I watched it mm-hmm. and I didn't really feel like they were trying to frame this up to make him out to be a rapist or anything, like what Dreamer was saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, They just, to me, it came off like they presented the situation of what happened, and they got everybody's comments on what happened, and it's... Everybody can draw their conclusions from there. Uh, That's the way it came off to me, and some people drew their conclusions, (laughs) the the ones that they they have that we're talking about.
0: Um, I I think I blew up because... I know today's culture and vice knowing that bringing out this story and showing people who are like Ric Flair is like in a stable marriage right now. Like he hasn't divorced this wife at all yet. Tommy, to. <laughs> to, Tommy dreamer doesn't make the same money as Ric Flair does. Uh, cause like when you book Ric Flair for anything, you're paying him high salary compared to what Tommy dreamer does. Cause no offense yeah. to Tommy Dreamer, he's he's no Ric Flair, he's no Hulk Hogan or Steve Austin, so like he's not making the big bucks, and you ruin people's careers for what? For what he, just, he he said yeah. he said uh, he 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 defended his friend. If any friend, uh, you know, if anybody was in that same position where their best friend is being framed to be look like this fucking evil person, they would have the same opinion. Maybe they did, maybe like in the behind the scenes you'd be like oh, you should have never done that it was kind of dumb but you would still stick by your bro you know saying hey you know can we we we're all done with this, this is, it's years ago the fucking lady took money and didn't pursue it until a, a now again because her fucking marriage failed and everything or they had problems with her marriage or something like that.
1: Well, I don't think she was pursuing it again. they just wanted to interview her about it because she was part of the whole ordeal, yeah and she she told her story. I don't think that's but she didn't come off that way to She's
0: me. the only flight attendant that had problems like why but, did, no the why other
1: did... one didn't want to talk about it but she they they couldn't get her for comment on the story. they can't help they can't make somebody participate in an interview
0: I don't know i i i i, I... I, I, it I, feel
1: like you're, I feel like you're trying to say these guys tried to frame them up and try to present them in a bad way, and I don't think that's what they did, and I don't think that they're like the Vice people on the website that you're talking about either.
0: I, I, do you think people are not going to go on uh, the show anymore? Because a lot of people could going to be like, I don't know if I want to be on your show.
1: Some might after that, yeah. I mean, I, it's like, I don't think that was their intention. And they're just doing what they they've done every single season, which is like, let's get some guys talk about a story, put it up. Cause I don't think they have any kind of ulterior motives or. I think anything. vice does
0: advice does have like their track record. is fucking stupid.
1: These guys don't, they're just independent filmmakers. It's just the the, 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 one of the guys who's like the key producers on this show is like the dude that made the hobo with a shotgun movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like it, It's just, fuck, this this is just what happened. Here's
0: here's what I'm mad about mostly uh, is that I want to know about these stories, right? And in order to know about these stories, you kind of have to have a professional relationship with these wrestlers. Uh, And if you're putting out this information knowing that a crowd out there is willing to cancel somebody because of a fucking ponytail comment... Uh, and to defending his friend, then you're not going to get those stories. You're just going to get, like, eh, you're going to get those fucking uh, Mike Kyoto fucking responses where he's just fucking laughing and shit. <laughs> I
1: don't, Yeah, I don't think, the, I mean, they couldn't have predicted what Tommy Dreamer was going to say about it, you know, and how, how he was going to frame it up, and that wouldn't have been the comment I would have necessarily picked where people got pissed at him. But, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I feel like they were just trying to do an episode and it just kind of turned into a bit of a mess because the story's a bit of a mess because it caused WWE a lot of problems. They had to let a lot of people go. and it, They had to modify a lot of behavior after that. <laughs> um,
0: I will say this one comment. The the one person I blame for this whole ordeal is Vince McMahon because Vince, all Vince had to do is go in the bag and say, boys, fucking stop it.
1: Well, yeah. The thing is, though, is this came up after the episode. There was uh, conflicting ideas or stories about whether or not Vince was even on that flight. Um, nobody seems to be sure if he was or not anymore. Some people say he was. Some people say he wasn't. You got to think these guys are on a bunch of flights and they're going to conflate other flights to other ones because how many flights do you take at WWE a year? You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Uh, uh, I will say, I thought Jim Cordette's comments about the whole thing was the best. Cause it's like, Ric Flair is a guy he's known for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's his friend. He's his mentor. He helped him get into booking wrestling f- his first bit when he was at WCW. He's on the booking committee. Uh, and he's like, look <laughs> like, at the end of the day, yeah, re- like wrestlers have that uh, reputation of all oh, they're crazy. They do a bunch of ribs on each other, and it gets ridiculous. And he's like, "It wasn't stuff like this, though. <laughs> like this kind of stuff didn't happen all the time." Uh, and
0: it's the alcohol and all the those H bombs that they were doing and shit. Oh, you
1: know, he and he was saying stuff like people used to hear like from the boys from before. Oh man, we got, we got to like prove that we're the boys too. And it wasn't stuff like that, you know, that they were necessarily doing back then. It's just their, what their idea of it could be. Mm -hmm. And, um, geez, what else was he saying? It was like, uh, he says that like when he was at WCW, he was in other companies flying on planes, guys didn't act like that, but WWE or WWF back then had more of a reputation for their guys acting like fucking animals and shit.
0: I think I think plane rhymes back then you were with the general public so like I think they had to know that you know we can't be like fucking idiots the WWE had a whole fucking plane to themselves
1: right yeah
0: and, and um the unlimited booze and all the drugs that they were doing back then um definitely played a part I I I kind of laughed though like when Brock and uh Fucking JBL were fighting and shit. And. Oh, that's
1: Mr. Perfect.
0: Mr. Perfect. I've, yeah, Kurt Henning. Which, by the way, got let go and then, like, died, like, shortly after that. It was kind of fucked up, in my opinion. But, uh. Anyway, like, they were telling, like, they were hearing the thuds and shit. Like, yeah, they're big men, but I don't think they're gonna go through a fucking plain wall.
1: No, that's always been, like, real overstated. Like, yeah. that scuffle um but he has he had an interesting insight into it though he was saying like the thing is is like a lot of these guys are stuck with each other a majority of the time and there used to be like a wrestling bubble where you could like only exist in that world of wrestling which is like you're just traveling with the boys all the time going to the arenas going to the bars After the show, go to the hotel, go to sleep, and you repeat the the whole thing the next day. And anybody that was going to show up or be around the wrestlers and stuff, they wanted to be.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And when wrestling got more corporate over time, they started to not the bubble started to dissolve. And it's like some of these guys from back that far back, a guy like Ric Flair, never realize the bubble's gone <laughs> like and, and he was saying like i don't think his intention was malicious what he was doing he's just goofing off being rick flair yeah he's like if you asked him he probably would have thought what no i didn't i'm just trying to be entertaining
0: i i here's <laughs> what he i just
1: didn't realize it it's like real life caught up with rick flair at that point <laughs>
0: Here's what I think would probably happen with Rick Flair when he did corner her, because I, I have a feeling he did go in there, and he probably play, paid up the character that every woman wants to fuck him, right? Because that's, what... that's what
1: he was saying. He was giving examples of him doing that, that very thing, mm-hmm. to other women. But the thing is, is they sought him out and wanted to hang out with him. Yeah. But that's like 12 years ago from before this point we're talking about right now.
0: Because <laughs> I guarantee you, he's like, come on, baby, touch it touch it like i think he he was doing that kind of stuff like i i could see him doing that and i don't know to end it here uh, they oh kind of they they kind of like terry Reynolds like kind of like threw some shade at brock lesnar out of nowhere in this whole thing like oh yeah brock lesnar showed me his penis and then like it moved on that was such a weird thing to hear (laughs) <laughs> what? Yeah. I think
1: they're just trying to establish how they'll do crazy, people will do crazy shit in, in wrestling mm. to each other, and it's just out of boredom. It's because, and you know, and she said, everybody always told her, don't sell it. And she's not the only one that got told that. That's what everybody tells each other. Mm. When somebody fucks you in wrestling, whether you're man or woman or whatever, it's just don't sell it. Because if you sell it, you give them the reaction they're wanting. Yeah. You know? So if you just don't no sell it, walk away, it's just like, fuck.
0: i i i again like i think i was mad because like twitter overreacting because me me and you know what the culture is like now the culture has changed a lot since like the undertaker talked about it because most of the time you know they're going to bars and now they just hang in hotel rooms and play mario kart most of the people and or if or if you're xavier woods and fucking page and the other dude, you're having a threesome, uh, which leaked online. Remember that? I forgot that one guy's name. Bratitude? Error? Fuck, Brad, Brad Maddox. Yeah, Brad Maddox.
1: That was fucking crazy. I yeah. still like how occasionally he has to own up to that. And he just doesn't. He's like, yeah. He's like, I remember last time he's like, that was a chilly night. Because, like, the <laughs> Usos brought it up in a promo or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, but... um. Yeah, we, we know the culture and, you know, some of the AEW crowd, which, by the way, which is funny because everybody knows Tony Khan's is friends with Ric Flair and obviously uh, Charlotte Flair's fiance, El Drade, um, is like Ric Flair's uh, technically father-in-law until they get married and all that stuff. And people were just like, oh, you better not put Ric Flair on on AEW. And I'm just like. Bitch, no, like, uh, he's he's not gonna do it now because of all the heat, but eventually he will.
1: This'll die down, they will wait, and it's like I said before, it was kind of annoying mm. at first when I heard all the blowback and everything. It's kind of died off, though, at this point. Yeah. Um... And that, that's what I thought would happen. Is People are outraged right now. They'll get thick, fucking pissed off, and they'll move on. They'll get fucking pissed about something else, because that's how this works. Like
0: John Cena. They looked up the Howard Stern thing. So. <laughs> See, they,
1: they tried to they tried to get John. They couldn't take big match John down, because he's just too good of a guy, I guess. I don't they, know.
0: they couldn't take out John Chang.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, Rick's going to go be quiet for a while. He should, I think. Yeah. He should stop trying to confront it, too, because he's tried a couple times. It's like, no, just fucking dude just let it go <laughs> he, it, it he'll if he'll go away for a while for like six months or a year just be real low-key i th- probably blow up this think, isn't like a hulk hogan incident i think I, he, think I think
0: he's gonna bring it up again because there there was this weird time rick flair decided to like do a shoot fucking promo on fucking sean michaels out of nowhere
1: that was strange.
0: Yeah, so like I have a feeling he's gonna do a shoot promo out of nowhere. And be like, <laughs> "I'm Ric Flair,
1: Space Mountain, woo!"
0: Like he's, he's, gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna do that shit.
1: He's he's been trying. I, hopefully, he'll stop. Yeah, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, that's I don't know. <laughs> it was kind of messy, but I think will everybody will move past it.
0: Yeah, don't try to cancel Ric Flair, everybody. Stop it.
1: He's fucking old, man. He's and old. He's owned up. That's so another thing I was going to say. He's owned up to his past behavior. Mm-hmm. He's he's brought it up in various shoot interviews, the fucking 30 for 30 thing we did on him a couple years ago. He talked about, he's like, I used to sleep with a bunch of women and do all this crazy shit. And honestly, it's just, it's kind of sad. It You know, it, uh, he has, he has regrets about it, you know?
0: it, it Again, He he got uh, money. He had a lot of money that caused a lot of power. Where he was getting women and shit. And what 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 annoys me the most is like Ric Flair is happy with his current wife. He's near the end of his life, pretty much. Uh, And like these people just want to fucking put him in the ground faster than what he's he's going into right now. Not saying that he'll like kill himself, but like when you take people's money and life away there's nothing left besides (laughs) death and i hate that people are trying to ruin people's lives uh and
1: kangaroo court uh they call it it's not cancel culture it's consequence culture well the way a lot of people perpetuate it it's not necessarily that way i think
0: (laughs) i think if people saw life consequences in a way where they're not typing behind a keyboard and they're doing it face-to-face, I think they'll actually see what life is all about. But th- I'm not moving forward because there's a lot of things I would say, especially when I'm drinking a little beer. A little, uh, I don't want to get too con- out of control here. Um, so let's let, let's move on to some wrestling. Some some good shit. Some good shit and some bad shit. Um Let's let's talk about dynamite first. So, th- me and you were surprised that they started off with Kenny Omega and fucking Daniel Bryan. Yep. Was the title the title wasn't on the line, right?
1: No, it was. It was. It was. Okay. They it went to a draw, <laughs>
0: which so, it, in my opinion, I think that was good booking, but, uh, I, you know, you know, me reading Twitter, um, people were not happy about the draw and, and I'm,
1: yeah, I, I saw some new, news sites were saying the same thing that the match was disappointing. And I'm like, In what way was that? Disappointing <laughs> like,
0: what? Because if Daniel Bryan lost, where do you go from there? That means he technically has to go from the bottom back up. Right. Um,
1: yeah. It could be like Ruby Soho. I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> or like if, if Kenny loses, then that kind of undermines his whole run in a way. Like he's been kind of positioned as the, the top heel in the company.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: he's been, I guess he's been doing better. I'll say that he's been, he's been doing better in some areas. Uh, if if Brian beat him it would have done that and if he beat Brian it just would have killed his hype
0: yeah i you, you can't have daniel bryan win on dynamite even though they make this out to be like a free pay-per-view you can't have daniel bryan come in or my bad bryan danielson the american dragon come in and pretty much take the belt off of kenny omega because that build took a really long time for us to be like what well, Shit, Kenny's actually doing pretty decent. Even though other wrestlers are carrying him a little bit, it's still decent to watch him not do his weird stuff. I mean, he's still doing a million V-triggers, and sometimes he does his little jazz hands before he goes to where he needs to go. But it's still interesting to watch, and this whole match was like a story being told. Like I, I told you after this match, I said... Because it ended in a draw, I think either one of them are going to say this needs to end in an Iron Man match. Because I think an Iron Man match, you don't have a draw, correct? There's a sudden death, right?
1: You go to a sudden death like, like Sean and Brett did.
0: Yeah, so I think that's where eventually it's going to go. But this whole match, there was a lot of chops going on. Uh, enough to make fucking uh, Brian Danielson's fucking chest look like a fucking tomato. Um, and there was some fucking crazy ass moves going on. Some moves that I was kind of worried about with Brian Danielson. Cause I'm like, dude, you just, you came back from retirement and you're trying to do all this crazy top rope shit sometimes, but he, he kept it safe, uh, because he's a good wrestler. Uh, and Kenny Omega does like to keep things safe from time, to- from, you know, time to time. Um,
1: I think a lot of his moves are safe like just judging from how I've seen him work mm-hmm. uh, but it was great like the crowd reaction was awesome was like, I loved it because at first they didn't do anything they just kind of stood there It's like ah, and then they were locking up and when they locked up they fucking popped and I'm like yes that's what you want mm-hmm. <laughs> if you a you pop on a lock up or like a wrist lock or some shit you, you're there mm.
0: <laughs> it was just it was nice to see and I don't know if WWE did this because, like, when I watched Daniel Bryan's WWE wrestling matches, especially, like, after he the Yes movement, it was very, like, coordinated stuff that he was going to do. Um, he did a couple of top rope moves. He does, like, uh, Hurricane Ronnie, does those kicks, and then he does the Shining Wizard at the end. And that's pretty much a Daniel Bryan in WWE this one, he felt like he was trying shit that he couldn't do in WWE. Did that? Did that feel anything to you?
1: He was doing a couple, yeah, a couple things I haven't seen him doing a long time. Like, uh, he dropped that cattle mutilation submission, the thing where it's like a butterfly lock. He flips over and bridges. Mm-hmm. I don't think he ever. He might have done that WWE like a couple times, and they probably told him, "Hey, stop doing that move because we don't like it." And if I had to say why they don't like it, probably it's because they don't like the way it looks. Yeah. It's just like a weird move. You can't really, I'm not saying you can't tell. I'm just saying that's what they think about it. Yeah. You can't tell if they're going to submit or not. Cause their arms are just stuck up in the air and shit. And Um,
0: the technician of uh, Brian Danielson with his submissions, that's, I like that wrestler more than just, I'm going to kick you, even though he does kick people in AEW as well. <laughs>
1: He kicked quite a bit in this match, but mm. that's always kind of been his thing. That's why they always did the old chant: "Was Brian's gonna kick your head in or some shit?" Mm. Um, he also did that Hurricane Rana. You know, it's I, he kind of quit doing that move in WWE. Mm. Um, the top rope one, and I didn't see him do the headbutt.
0: No, he uh, he didn't do the headbutt in this one. I don't think.
1: Nah. Was, he still did a lot of stuff he would mostly do before but was able to add in back in a couple of things he quit doing
0: i like the uh, i like the counter that he did to the one, one wing angel uh like he felt back and then he like did like a frankensteiner kind of thing it was like
1: a yeah it was like a reverse hurricane Rana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that moves that moves risky some people can do it some can't mm mm-hmm. uh uh they did good together, and it was like, I, I got to give props to Kenny. He did a good job in this match. He didn't do very much jazzy, hand, funny business, anime runs. He didn't do, like, a lot of that silly shit. He, he felt pretty serious in this match. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: And he sold.
1: He sold pretty well for him, too. They, they sold the, they sold for each other. Brian especially, he was selling, like, awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that spot where he ran... Uh, they went outside on the ramp and Kenny went all the way back to the entrance and ran and V triggered it. And Brian was like laying there fucking convulsing and shit. Like his face was like, he was about to pass out. I'm like, shit, <laughs> man. Um, he took a crazy bump too. When he got up on the, uh, the turnbuckle there and something happened and like Kenny hit him and he like, f- he just flipped really fast and landed on the apron. I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> it was kind of scary. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, they, they,
1: yeah, they go on to a draw, pretty much. The time runs out.
0: Yeah, uh... The, the ramp... I like that the commentators, like, sold the ramp, too. Because I'm like, it's it's plexiglass. Like, yeah, it's probably gonna sting a little bit because it doesn't bounce like a ring or, or whatever, and it's not a cushion like the outside. But the fucking commentators sold, like... They died. Because I think he did a... a a uh, snapback dragon suplex or whatever he called petunia uh, suplex yeah <laughs> fucking excalibur and his fucking uh how he's tiger driver 98 fucking taking wrestling uh moves from a fucking smackdown game
1: <laughs> but uh yeah like they sold the ramp and it, besides that it still makes a good sound yeah i mean those ramps on like the old raw sets and everything the steel ramp you know that's not a steel ramp it's like fucking aluminum or some shit and mm. <laughs> it's fine
0: <laughs> yeah we uh we got the sweet d in, it, in the chat says i took a crazy bump once probably got well, some...
1: kind of a crazy bump you got you gotta tell us what the bump was
0: probably a german suplex maybe through a table That'd be crazy.
1: Did New Jack tase you and throw you off of the scaffolding? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Is that the crazy bump you're talking about?
0: New Jack. God. Rest in peace, New Jack. Rest uh, in peace, brother. Yeah. Um, what did you give this match? Because I I gave this a 7.5 out of 10.
1: Oh, I gave it an 8.75 out of 10. Okay. I thought it was really good. It, it I got into it. The crowd reaction helped make it a lot for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the match was over, and uh, they were reacting like everything. Literally, even small things, like what I was talking about before, where they were just chain wrestling for a while. Or when they would just milk the reaction. Mm -hmm. You know, just stand there and soak it it in or or try to get it. Um, He responded. What what was the bump?
0: Uh I jumped off a roof and Swanton through a table. God damn.
1: That's that's a pretty good bump, I gotta say, yeah.
0: That, that's Regular. a that's a hell of a bump. That's a backyard wrestling bump right there.
1: Regular Jeff Hardy.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's a Jeff uh, Hardy. He's a Jeff Hardy Mark. <laughs>
1: uh I I like the ending, even though some people don't people hate draws. I loved they it. Hate, they hate count outs. Uh and we, we've talked about that before, though. It's like you got to have that stuff sometimes. You can't always have a decisive win because when you do, you get in jeopardy of doing the, the WWE f- main roster 50-50 booking shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got to get their win back next week, and they got to get their win back from losing that time.
0: And you know what? Having them draw builds the story. because I think
1: so, too, yeah.
0: Because now next Dynamite, they're going to have – you know, either Daniel Bryan's going to be mad or Kenny Omega's going to be mad. Be like, I almost, either Kenny Omega, here's what I think is going to happen. Kenny Omega's going to come out, he's probably going to say, you know, he's not getting a rematch no more, and Daniel Bryan comes out and says, you know, bitch, I almost bought uh, beat you, give me one more match, and... Either they're gonna do a story where maybe Brian Danielson's gonna attack him until the point where he's like, you know what? We're gonna have a match. It's gonna be an Iron Man ma- man match, and I'm gonna beat you this time. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't do it in anime voice fucking promo, because every time he d- does a promo, I cringe so bad.
1: It's his one weakness is his promos. Yeah. He has a really unnatural way of speaking.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I am Kenny Omega, and I'm going to beat you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, Kenny. Okay, Kenny.
1: (laughs) But I thought it was a great match. It's probably the best match I've seen in AEW, honestly, so far. Yes. Um, The only thing that might rival it is that maybe that match Cody and Dustin had that that time.
0: uh, Yeah, that had the same feel a little bit. Um, I mean, without the story, obviously, because they're brothers, but... Uh, This is a different story, yeah. Yeah, but it had that same atmosphere. Um, So CM Punk came out and he had to do a promo, um, and he said, thank God I didn't uh, wrestle today, even though he is wrestling today because Rampage is taped in the same day as Dynamite. Uh, But he says he can't follow that match. Uh, But then he starts talking about, like, you know, some people want to have the angry CM Punk, but every time he comes out, he's always happy because, you know, uh, people cheering him and shit. And then he talks about how he's going to beat up uh, the Taz crew. <laughs> I call him yeah. the Taz crew. Um, pretty much building up the Hobbs match that he's going to have uh, on Rampage. Um, but I digged it. He, he had a crowd that was out of it because that craziness match that we just saw, uh, and, and it took a while for them to pay attention to CM Punk. And he knows how to, he knows how to grab a fucking crowd, dude. Every time he speaks, it's a, it's a, it's amazing how he does it.
1: He got him on back, back on the program, got him on his side. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, that's the first thing I noticed is like, yeah, they were kind of depleted after that match. And then, like he, he started getting kind of hype, hyping the promo up more, getting more emotionally upset in it. Might call that a baby face, baby face fire in the promo. Mm-hmm. And it it got everybody into what he was saying. And he got to kind of come back from being tired.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Pay attention class.
0: Yes. Um, I think a lot of people are going to learn from CM Punk on how to do a promo, uh,
1: maybe
0: other things too yeah hopefully a wrestling match um then we had the next match cody Rhodes versus malachi black uh no no no.
1: it's mjf and brian pillman jr
0: oh yeah yeah sorry my notes were backwards (laughs) um mjf is a good heel wrestler
1: oh yeah
0: he doesn't do a lot for like how can i put this
1: He's not trying to have an irritating match. He's yes. trying to have a match like how a heel would.
0: Yeah, and I I like that a lot. Um, yeah, Brian Pillman Jr. I feel like he's still too green. Um, he's
1: learning still. But yeah, you know, I'll say about him is he's he really feels like a classic babyface. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just trying to win and be entertaining. He tries to play to the crowd. And he's like, come on, like he doesn't say. Come on, but he does the, yeah, and then people go, yeah, usually when he does it with (laughs) him,
0: Yeah, he definitely has, like, the same physique as his father. Um, He also tries to have the same hair as his father as well. He's
1: doing doing the mullet, respect. Yeah. So people are bringing it back. I see you, Cash. I see your mullet, respect.
0: (laughs) I love mullets. I wish I could grow a mullet. Um, Good, just do it now. I would, I should, I should. Um... (laughs) Kind of a backstory, by the way, uh because I love looking at Twitter. Apparently, uh, MJF's mom has a Twitter, and she brought a sign saying, "Even we hate MJF." That's great. Yeah. So, so there was like a headline that says, "Even his own parents hates him." <laughs> um, M. Uh, Brian Penlin Jr. comes out with what was it? Julie, the cheerleader. Julia Hart. Julia Hart. No There's relation. A girl
1: with it. Yeah, no, no relation to the Hart family.
0: Yeah, um, so she's she's part of that uh tag team stable thing, whatever, with the other dude.
1: Varsity blondes.
0: Yeah, varsity blondes, kind of playing off of you know, the uh, Steve Austin and Brian Pillman a little bit, just Hollywood blondes. Hollywood blondes.
1: I gotta ask though, like, what are the varsity blondes?
0: I don't know, just jocks, I guess.
1: What are they about? Like, why? I just want to know. Like, I feel like they need to establish that.
0: I think they're just jocks, I guess. Because they have a cheerleader, right? And they wear those jock jackets.
1: Varsity jackets.
0: Yeah. So, I guess they're varsity blondes because they're both, they're all blondes. So, I don't know. There's a lot of backstory in, in uh, the fucking B-Elite thing on youtube that they do um which again you shouldn't be doing that putting them in it putting them on national tv without backstory don't tell them to go to youtube they should put it on national tv
1: no you guys need to go to our personal youtube channel where we can soak up money from that too and (laughs) get us our hits i mean i don't know that's that's something about the bucks and all them i don't like it's kind of skeevy
0: yeah it's it's, it's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of like they're gearing up, uh, you know, if shit hits the fan, they're like, oh, i got my YouTube still. We'll just keep on doing that. <laughs> um, MJF Ines, um does a lot of dirty shit, which I like. He does
1: a lot of dirty shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, Brian Pillman Jr., I, I love his drop kicks. Uh, he does a lot of high-flying stuff, so he has that flying Brian kind of stuff going on a little bit. Uh, but what do you think about the match?
1: I thought it was uh, pretty decent um, for what it was. Uh, MJF did great healing it up. Uh, it, but he's he's helping to get Brian over more at the same time. Like, I love the spot where they're both in the ring and they're talking shit to each other. Mm -hmm. and then mjf slaps him i think because he controlled him for a little while Mm -hmm. and kind of made him look stupid he's like you don't do MJF. he slaps him and then pillman just slaps it back and not he oversells the shit out of it just falls down and rolls Mm -hmm. um and he helped to get some of his offense over i i feel like because they don't put him on tv enough um people both of these guys honestly uh but Brian especially, people don't really know how Brian wrestles still. They're not familiar enough with him. Mm -hmm. So this helped to kind of establish, well, what does what is a Brian Pillman match? What does he do? He does drop kicks and he does some top rope shit. He does classic babyface wrestling stuff like arm drag, hip toss, duck down, drop kick. A backdrop. He did a fucking backdrop at AEW. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, awesome. I love that move.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But, um, I like the, I like the thing where he was going to dive outside, but then MJF grabs Julia, mm-hmm. he puts her in front of him. I'm like, that's a classic heel move. Yep. Uh, then she like got mad and tried to slap him, but he grabbed her hand and he was like, oh no, he's, he's manhandling a woman and shit. And Brian was able to stop it.
0: Well, that's what I like about MJF. Like he doesn't keep in mind about like the, the SJW culture. he He doesn't care he's fucking full heel brother like he'll yeah if he could he would ddt her to the fucking ground like that that's how like because he's like grabbing her arm and like you know telling her to shut the fuck up pretty much uh and you're just like in my mind i'm like oh they're gonna attack him for that but i but i know like him he's just gonna be like fuck you
1: yeah I don't care. It's like when they told him to shut the fuck up in that other promo. And he's just like, no. And he just keeps going. <laughs> uh I, I think over the course of the match, if I remember right, he worked his arm a little bit. MJF did. And then yes. eventually he got, like, I think Brian missed something. And he got put in that salt of the earth, the Fujiwara arm bar. That's, that's MJF's finisher.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of weird that a heel has a, a submission move, right?
1: And Piper had a sleeper hold. I guess rick flair's got the figure four true you know there's several there's several heels that had a submission for a finisher
0: i mean i guess maybe in the modern age it's kind of weird to see a little bit but you know what it works because every time he does it i'm like ow
1: (laughs) i mean mjf's kind of a weird case in the modern era he tries to be a classic wrestling heel like psychologically in the ring and everything and the people just aren't willing to do that shit they're not willing to look weak they're not they don't want to piss anybody off they don't I gotta give him a ton of respect because he—I think he fucking lives at gimmick. Mm-hmm. Like, even like when he does interviews, and you know how people are in interviews—they are usually pretty lax about like talking about behind-the-scenes shit. They're just—it seems like they're kind of just chilling. Yeah, he's not like that. He's still in character when he's doing interviews. And it, he flips off kids at autograph signings.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I told you that one thing uh where a guy says, you know, say happy birthday to my son, and he goes on the video and he says, Hey Warblow, because they're in a the car driving to whatever event they're going to. It's like it's this kid's birthday, and he just tell him to go fuck himself. Fuck your birthday. <laughs> uh,
1: but uh I gave it a six point five out of
0: ten. I, I gave it the same thing, six point five out of ten. It it wasn't like amazing, but enough to be like I digged it because it's a dynamite match. In the end, it's still a dynamite match.
1: <laughs> Just a decent match to help establish uh, Pillman and maybe MJF some more too. Now that he's away from Jericho.
0: Mm-hmm. So I saw highlights of this next match because uh, I was doing multiple things and I, my phone died uh, sadly during this match, but it was Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black. Um, One thing I want to say... Is why is Brandy there? Because
1: she has to be. Why? Because she she wants to be Stephanie McMahon of AEW. That's why. She gets to be. She gets to have her cooking show. She gets to try to wrestle sometimes. She got to have a fucking stable that revolved around her and fucking Dude. failed and nobody cared. And that's say. She tried to do the AEW heels thing for like all the, oh, the girls only AEW club. You got to pay a membership and nobody fucking paid for it probably because it's ridiculous and stupid. It's, <laughs> now they're going to have a goddamn reality show that just doesn't.
0: It's like a Miz, right?
1: They look, I don't know what it is. They just come off as disingenuous. They just come off fake as fuck to me.
0: And I think that's why the crowd is start booing him. Am, 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 I, am I wrong? Like, it feels like it feel like Cody thinks he's the shit, right? Now, keep in mind, I will give him credit what credit's due. He does take storylines and tries to bring, bring the old school a little bit into modern era. Uh, and he does do some good promos here and there. But he always makes it look like he's the god gift of wrestling. And he's not. He's just a fucking mid-tier wrestler. <laughs> And that's all he's going to be.
1: I think he's capable of of maybe being uh, a main event. I mean, I think you can consider him a main event talent in AEW, even though he kind of positioned himself out of it Mm -hmm. with that stipulation where he's like the one with Jericho where he's like, well, if I lose, I never get another world title opportunity again, which I still think one day they'll rescind that.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: But uh, the problem with him is, is, what just what he's been doing for like the past two years, like it's burned up all the goodwill he had because his programs have just become formulaic.
2: Mm-hmm. It,
1: he's he's doing the same thing over and over and over. It's a pattern. It's like he he'll either try to come out and cut a promo and get interrupted almost immediately sometimes before he can say like four words. Or he'll stay, or he'll get into the promo and get interrupted. It doesn't matter. Either way, he's getting interrupted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Some guy will come out and talk shit to him or something, or he'll get jumped.
0: Arne Anderson be, Arn Anderson yeah, will get kicked.
1: <laughs> Arne Anderson gets beaten up. They beat up fucking Dustin or some shit. Whatever. Somebody has something to do with him. that's connected in some way. Or, he'll have a match with some guy. Like, he's just having a random match, and it gets interfered with, and he gets fucking beat up, and that starts the feud. Uh, then that guy talks shit about Cody and someone will beat you and Cody does a promo. No, you won't because whatever fucking cockamamie reason he comes up with, it could be America hates Britain for some some reason or <laughs> whatever, and <laughs> he'll lose usually. Yeah, he be, he did beat Anthony Agogo, if I remember right. That was yeah. like the only time where he won.
0: America but- <laughs> beat fucking Britain again.
1: Yeah, take that. Stay there. Red coat. <laughs> and then, yeah, but any other program, he'll fucking get beat, and it'll go away for a while. And That amount of time varies. It could be one to three months, I say. And he'll come back. He'll beat the guy up. They'll have their match, and usually he'll win and take all their heat, and that guy just fucking lost the whole feud. And that's what's happened to a lot of people.
0: Not Malachi, not Malachi Black though. Um, even
1: not, not Anthony Gogo either. But where the fuck did he go? <laughs> Where's go Gogo? Where did a Gogo go?
0: Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I I like, <laughs> even though Malachi Black like spit in his face with the black mist and all that stuff. Like, I feel like Malachi Black should beat him clean. In my opinion. Again. Again, yeah. Um, okay. because. What do you do from here? Like, obviously, it's building up a storyline because he didn't beat him fairly, right? So that means...
1: They're going to have one more match.
0: Yeah, eventually, Cody's going to go over, I think. Um, But you could tell Cody noticed that he's getting booed in the crowd because he kind of looked at the crowd. Uh, He's like,
1: you're booing me? (laughs) He just couldn't believe it. It was was amazing.
0: (laughs) So do you think he... I think he'll win, and I think he'll be have heelish tendis- tendencies, uh, and then he might move on to someone, and then be fully heel at some point. Um, but but I, Malachi Black should win again, in my opinion, and it should be fair and square, like it should be clean.
1: Uh, I think it should, and I think he should win a little bit more decisively. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I haven't. Kind of, I haven't really liked how ever since the debut, it's like it's been harder for him to win a match. Mm-hmm. Except for Brock Anderson. He beat Brock Anderson fairly easily, as he should have, because that guy was like a rookie.
0: Yeah, it was like his and, second um, match.
1: Yeah. And, but like, ever since that match, it's been tougher for him to win each time. Now, Dustin's a veteran and shit, sure, but he's like old.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> he shouldn't have gave Malachi Black that much trouble. Uh, but, yeah, like, what I what I want to have, like, I guess going back into the mixed reaction he's gotten, I think, like, what it really is, is it just seems like he comes in, does something real quick, and he goes away. And people are, like, fucking sick of that. Yeah. People, I think, want Cody to come and stay and wrestle, like, consistently.
0: Here, here's... Here's uh, by the way, you're probably gonna hear a dog bark because I have dogs, and we're doing this in the daytime, um a little bit earlier than usual. Stars. And apparently I just got a follow, I think. Montana's nineteen ninety eight, thank you for the follow. Uh but um Yeah, with with Cody, it's just like he needs to stay there, and and I think the reason why he's like being distant is because he is a VP and that's why I think he took away the ability for him to uh, uh, get the um, the AEW World Championship, and just like he he tries to like distance himself because he, I think he's scared it might turn into WCW where the wrestlers are running the business, even though they're still running the business. <laughs> they're all wrestling.
1: They kind of are, depending on who you're talking about. Yeah. Young Bucks, for example.
0: (laughs) Oh, so uh, the guy who just followed, he said, what happened on SmackDown? I don't know, because we're talking about AEW. We
1: don't watch SmackDown. Uh, Sorry, brother.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We're talking about AEW's uh, Dynamite Grand Slam and then Rampage. Um, But yeah, this match, I, I watched some highlights here and there. It looked like a normal Cody match until the end, pretty much
1: it kind of did. there was like a spot too where I was like, they're actually kind of heelish in this match because there was like uh, Malachi had him on the ropes, he wasn't really being heelish yet, and you know he does that thing where somebody is running from him, and he does like that lion salt shit, but he lands on his feet and just kind of sits down cross legged and it's just cool, yeah. He did that, and then Brandy slides in the ring and sits across from him like that, like she's mocking him. And then she was like, he was like, "Ha ha! This yes, I enjoy this." And then it, like Cody attacked him from behind; it was like a distraction to fuck him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like, what the fuck, you guys are? <laughs> like, what? The only thing that Malachi's done, like arguably that's heelish, is just beating up people that he knows are like less skilled and experienced than him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like he's never attacked. Cody from behind that I saw or anything like he just whipped his ass so bad that he made him consider retirement for like the eighth time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I thought the match was a little disjointed feeling. It's like I, I, it felt like there was like a style clash or something. Mm. Like he didn't he wasn't used to like how this guy wrestles because he, he's got a somewhat more unorthodox style. Uh, But I liked the finish. I was a little wor- I was worried he was going to win though. It's, it seemed like that's where it was headed because he started working his leg and shit. Mm-hmm. And then he did the black mist and the small package and he got him and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I yeah. gave it a 6. Uh
0: I don't know if I'm able to give it a review cuz I didn't get to see it, but I guess the parts that I saw, I mean, I guess I'll give it a 5.75 out of 10.
1: Yeah. But- um Oh, yeah, before this match, I forgot. There was a segment.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a promo with Hager and Jericho. It was short, mercifully short.
0: I'm stupid.
1: (laughs) But it was just real cringy kind of shit. It was, like, Hager, they were talking about uh, Men of the Year and fucking Dan Lambert's America's Top Team, and they created some kind of chant to call him, like, a piece of shit or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Which they love, they love saying that word now. Piece, of, carny piece of shit. You're a piece of shit and stuff. <laughs> hmm. and hey, hey, like it was good until Jericho was kind of able to bring it back for being totally cringe, but he was still kind of cringy at it too. <laughs> and they're just like, eh, thank God. And then there's a pre-tape promo for Biro where he's still being this religious nut job heel and. <laughs> talking about how he's not scared that he's had neck surgery fuck you you're not gonna scare me with that shit (laughs) because god put me back together and my wife comforts me (laughs) i love it i don't know what it is but i love it
0: i love it too it's crazy
1: oh he's he's fun
0: um so i already know what the main event is but uh sting and darby allen Versus FTR with Tully Blanchard. Uh, yeah. Stang could still go. I mean, I've made fun of him here and there uh, on how slow he is. I mean, he does spots, obviously, that he's a 50-plus-year-old fifty man uh, doing moves. But he does it enough to be like, it's believable, right? Uh, because he's,
1: he... he's mostly doing stuff that... I, I was having a discussion with another friend about this while, while we were watching. I was like, "Damn, Sting still so goes." No. Like, yeah, you can tell he's kind of doing like the old man wrestling style a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm like, "Yeah, but thankfully, a lot of that stuff is what Sting used to just do anyway." Yeah, which is like you know the punches and clotheslines, and occasionally he like does a spine buster or fucking suplexes, a dude, or throw whatever. He can still do that stuff.
0: And I really dig, like, the tag moves that he does with Darby because, like, he holds, you know, the body and then, like, uh, Darby does, like, the whatever, like, coffin coffin drop on top of the body. It, it It's very believable. Like, in the beginning, I was like, w- w- the only reason why they're together is the, the face paint and all that shit, which they still are. But he made it work to the point where it's just like, I dig it. And he's kind of being a mentor for this Darby Allin to become, you know, hopefully a, a, a big name, which he Darby is becoming a big name because that's all the wrestlers like CM Punk and Daniel Bryanson come in and they go, you know, I want to face the Jungle Boys and the, the fucking Darby Allins and all that stuff. Like they want to do that because they want to show them how the wrestling business is. Uh, but FTR looked good though. They always look yeah. good in the ring.
1: <laughs> always, I'm sure they helped Sting have an easier, better looking match too. They sold like I'm sure that was that was awesome for them mm-hmm. because uh, you know they're big old school wrestling fans. Like, dude, we get to wrestle Sting. Holy shit! Like <laughs> you know, I'm sure they enjoyed it.
0: I like um, I like the feud with Sting and Tully. I hope they have, like an actual fucking fight in the ring, like. <laughs> I know it's going to be like weird seeing two old dudes in a ring, but like whatever it is, as long as it's short and it gets to the point, I kind of want to see it.
1: They don't have to have a match. They could just do something where like maybe at the end of a match, Tully tries to get Sting and then Darby takes his chair or some shit and he's like, no, oh no. And then Sting puts him in a scorpion death lock and just you just see him get punished. He gets mm. his comeuppance, you know, that'd, that'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh what'd you give his match
0: um i gave this match a six out of
1: ten. Oh, i gave it a 7.25 out of 10 oh shit <laughs> I, well, I i like i like ftr they're doing awesome and when they were in their darby especially when darby was in there working with them it was good mm-hmm. uh and then like i was really surprised by like what stink could still do uh and it was just fun. It just felt like a fun match with like a, a, a legend in it that could still kind of work. You know, it was it was cool.
0: Yeah. All right. So what do you give dynamite the whole show?
1: Did you forget the main event?
0: Oh shit, the main event, my bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ruby Soho versus Dr. Beggar DMD for the AEW women's title.
0: Yes. Um I gotta, I gotta admit, it was a good match, but it di- it didn't have a good payoff.
1: It felt like a little bit. Um, I have like mixed feelings about it. Uh, I sort of feel like it was a little slow at first, and it seemed like they were still trying to figure out how to work with each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but over time, they got there. Uh. I will say you commented on it too. like Brit still were like really fucking over. Yeah. Uh, like it's, it's like she's, I would say she's probably one of the most over people in the company. It's funny. uh Just goes to show you, you can turn, you can turn this boat around. Like if you're in a bad spot, you could end up somewhere awesome. If you really work at it.
0: Yeah. Cause uh, if you remember our shows in the beginning, we were, well, I was at least cause I was still watching the product from, from the start is like, She's not that great. Like her wrestling's okay, and then her promos are fucking cringeworthy. But then she turned that around, and now she's better in wrestling and amazing with her promos. And I'm just, it, it she's so over, dude. Like that whole crowd was tr- like chanting for Britt Baker. I mean, they were people cheering for Ruby because you know she's Ruby Riot from WWE, and she's here. And she's, you know, getting to feel herself pretty much yeah. in, in the ring. They kind,
1: of, they kind of had a duel enchant going a little bit there.
0: Yeah. Um, but, like, this match, yeah, it was really slow. Um, there was... Uh, Ruby, you know, slowed... slowed uh, and when I mean slowed it down, I don't mean it in, like, a negative way. But, like, it was actually a wrestling match that you don't see a lot with women. Because a lot of women, they always, like hit 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 and then they do like off the ropes and like sometimes they do a DDT here and there uh and then maybe like a suplex but this one f- felt like yeah. it was like a punch and headlock and like arm drag and all that stuff like they were doing that and I'm like wow they're actually having a wrestling match
1: try trying to go into spots versus trying to have like a logical cohesive wrestling match mm-hmm. that you can tell story <laughs> yeah but... Uh, and I think somebody said something about Ruby too. It was like, she's like head her. Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm
1: like, no, I, yeah, I could totally buy her head somebody. Sure, let's
0: she, go. She's a punk rocker, so
1: yeah. Um, I liked it as it, it developed over time. Like, like Brit's gotten pr- like a, like you were saying, Britt's gotten better at the in ring stuff. Uh, I would still say she's not the most technically proficient, but. She's got her set of moves that are, like, really cool or impressive that can kind of pop. And then she, she'll also do heelish shit, like, work body parts or, like, put people in holds and mug at the camera, which she's gotten really great at. She's gotten really great at working the cameras and, like, like when she did that swinging neck breaker thing off the oh, side. And she looked straight at the camera and it was, like, that meme of, like, the girl watching the house burn. <laughs> she's like he's like yeah i fucked her up that was great
0: <laughs> dude that neck breaker looks sick like she she took something like she was hanging off the apron and she like did this swinging neck breaker and you just and ruby sol- sold it fucking really well uh and another thing i i have to say this fucking Britt baker has the best curb stomping uh than fucking seth rollins
1: and, I, I,
0: and, and keep in mind, maybe Ruby, Ruby Soho kind of sold it really well because she like put her head up and then like spiked her own head on the, the, the mat. But it looked fucking like I was like, ow, <laughs> like I think that hurts compared to like what you see with Seth Rollins says where it kind of like there's a delay when he does it. This one should look like she actually took her fucking foot and smashed it onto the mat.
1: See, I feel like she's got a delay, too. That's why I like it. Is she somehow able to get, like, this weird hang time?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I don't know. How, maybe it's because she's just lighter, obviously. But, like, just, <laughs> she's able to, like, jump in the air kind of hang for a second. And then it's, like, slowly she'll come down with all her weight. And it's just, like, boom. And they're just done. Mm. <laughs> but uh, But, yeah, uh, let's see. They... And the latter half is when it starts picking up. They start doing some bigger spots. Like she does an air raid, a super air raid crash. If you don't know what that move is, it's hard to describe. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like basically she got up top of Ruby and kind of put her upside down and fell back and dropped her on her head. Yes. It's the best way I could try to put it. Uh, and they do some big spots and then, Britt's uh, crew starts trying to run interference for, like, uh, Reba. That's Rebel. but She calls her Reba because it's hilarious, because that's an old heel thing where you purposefully get somebody's name wrong and it pisses them off and belittles them.
0: And Jamie hater.
1: And Jamie hater, who she won't say that to because she could probably beat her up. Mm. <laughs> she won't which, mess her name up.
0: Which, by the way, I think it's totally leading to Jamie hater versus Britt Baker at some point. Because you don't have somebody who's... Literally like a strong style and stronger than fucking Britt Baker. You you don't have them just be friends all the time. There, there's gonna no. there's gonna be a point where she's gonna face Britt for the belt.
1: It's classic storyline. The muscle always turns on the 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 heel eventually.
0: Yeah, hopefully Warbloop yeah. does that at some point. I guess he needs to they be should drag
1: that out. That needs to stay
0: mm-hmm.
1: going for a while longer though. Um, but uh. I think Britt, or not Britt, uh, Ruby does the kick thing to Reba, knocks her the fuck out, and then haters able to, like, hot shot her. Mm-hmm. And that lets Britt get the lockjaw, and she wins.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of find it funny because, like, I, I'm thinking logical, right? Because even though we all know her gimmick is, like, she goes to Reba and puts on the glove and shit. Like, in the back of my mind, like, a referee, you would think, like, what is on that glove? Is is there like Poison. is there some type of like burning thing that happens on the mouth that makes people tap?
1: Icy hot,
0: icy. Oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. Got,
1: there's a little bit of icy hot on the fingers. It's just like ah.
0: Uh. Yeah, but always when she gets that, which I think nobody's ever not tapped to it. By the way, I think every time she locked that in, and there's a couple of times where she struggles to connect it, but once she connects it. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen someone uh not tap it pretty much
1: I don't think so either um I kind of had mixed feelings about the end, but I do think they established enough of it out for Ruby because yeah. she got she got interfered with somebody hit her with a move and it fucked her up and she got put into submission so
0: the only weird thing I have to say is that she's only two and which. By the way, the records are there. Um they did show the records on the the nameplates when they come out. I saw, yeah. Uh, uh it's like two and o. It's like I guess she's undefeated, but why does she get a title shot? Uh probably because of history, I guess, and because the champion said, you know, I'll give you a shot.
1: No, it's it's because she won the casino battle royale. Remember?
0: Oh yeah, I forgot about damn it.
1: <laughs> I know it's easy to forget about that match, but it's- yeah.
0: But uh, how she got
1: it. But she blew her chance. Now she's got to start over.
0: I wonder who she's gonna feud with. You think it's still gonna be Britt Baker?
1: They might, or I could see them just maybe, maybe they'll go back to Thunder Rosa and her again. Because remember, they had the thing at the end, and she's like, "I want a shot. I still haven't gotten one."
0: Yeah. And,
1: but I'm awesome. And then they have a good match, probably. <laughs>
0: I think I think we're gonna get a number one contender between Thunder Rosa and uh, Ruby Ruby Soho and, and Jade
1: I, Cargill. Let's go!
0: Yeah, dude. I'm just
1: kidding. I'm just, I was joking about that.
0: But. Dude, I like how they're building her though. That's the one thing I kind of like about. Um, but her wrestling's kind of mad to me so far. But
1: she's, yeah, she's all over the place. Like she's got something. Mm-hmm. She's got this look, and she's kind of got like a her promos are interesting. She's not, it's so weird. It's like, she's, it's like, she's unsure of what to say, but at the same time, like there's some weird appeal about her. I can't explain it. <laughs>
0: yeah. So what'd you give this match?
1: I gave it a, a, a seven because it same. was okay. And then over time, it kind of heated up and got to a, a place where I thought it was pretty good.
0: Same. So now we give our dynamite scores. Um, I'm, I'm going to give this a straight seven out of 10. Uh, the first match really good. Uh, and then it kind of became a dynamite show in my opinion after a that. One. Yeah. A, a good dynamite show, but like the first match felt like that free pay-per-view, you know what I mean? Like it, it was, it, it was a special moment and I, I do have to shout this out by the way. When is the last time a WWE has filled an entire arena?
1: I don't know.
0: <laughs> a long time ago, right?
1: Maybe MSG recently, but I don't know about that. I
0: look. I looked at the crowd. There's no like tarp on any section. Every seat. Yeah. Every seat was filled, and I, 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 I feel like that's killing Vince so much.
1: That's I also like. I want to add some just random notes about the show. Yeah. Uh, I liked Arthur Ashe Stadium. It looks like a good reminds you of back in the day of the arenas, like in the during the Attitude Era, the Monday Night Wars, when they'd fill those <laughs> kinds of places up. I mm-hmm. uh, hope they get it again. They probably will because I heard like the the staff was like overwhelmed, like they couldn't believe, they didn't think they were going to get as many people as they were apparently. Yeah, I heard parking there really sucks though. Queens, like
0: Queens that. sucks at parking, by the way.
1: Okay, <laughs> I have no frame of reference, but all right.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, the the crowd was awesome. Uh, that that helped the show feel better, you know, mm-hmm. when you have a really good crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was awesome in a a more positive way, like sense too. Instead of like you know how people always go like. It's like when you talk about the night after WrestleMania crowd or something. Yeah. Or or whatever. Or they're like in, they're in Philly or they're in fucking New York and everybody's just real contrarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was just, no, this crowd was just, they liked everything that was good and reacted appropriately. It's just, they were really excited to be there.
0: I, I have a note too. Um, compa- I mean, we're going to talk about rampage, but it feels like two different people booked, different shows and i'm and i'm wondering what's the deal in that do you think tony booked dynamite and maybe the wrestlers like young bucks and kenny and them did rampage
1: maybe well, we'll i don't think we're gonna know about that really like what really goes on back there you get little snippets every now and then like the qt marshall thing and <laughs> Uh, how Tony sometimes just says, well, what do you want to do? And then just kind of lets the wrestler figure it out. We heard- won't know uh, until later, I think.
0: Well, we all know Tony is a fucking huge mark because Daniel Bryan did a interview and, like, Tony Khan was, like, screaming like a fangirl, apparently, when Daniel Bryan was backstage. And I... <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, you're supposed to be you're supposed to be the guy that they're afraid of in a way a little bit because you're a boss <laughs> and you just because now they know just go to him. If you're like some type of like semi legend, you'll get a deal. <laughs> but anyway, what, what I was bringing up is like this show was well booked, even though the first match was amazing and then the rest was like a dynamite. It was really booked in a good way. The FTR and Darby and Sting booked in a good way because it was a good wrestling match. MJF and fucking. Um, I don't I keep on saying flying, but Brian Pillman Jr. Um, booked in a great way. Ruby, yeah. Ruby Soho and DMD, Britt Baker. Um, the ending was kind of deflating, but I think people were just tired at that point. And they were just like, oh, you know, <laughs> we get we get another title match. Uh, and then all the other stuff was just great. There, there was nothing us to complain about. And I don't think there's anything else that Jim Cornette can complain about in this Dynamite.
1: They'll find something to complain about, I'm sure. Yeah. Specifically with Katie Omega, but whatever. <laughs> so, mm. uh, I, I had a note about that, too. Nothing bad or stupid really happened, in my opinion. Yeah. The thing that was, was like that Jericho promo with Hager that was kind of. It was bored it was some borderline cringe there. Um, and I got something to say more about on that subject in the next show we're going into. Oh god. Um this is probably one of the best shows AEW's done so far. Just this this dynamite at R3 Stadium. I gave it a seven point five out of ten.
0: I gave it a seven point five out of ten. Whoa. Yeah, so it's a good good dynamite. Um but now we're getting into territories that is not so good. Um,
1: it starts out good though.
0: Yeah, we got a great, great CM Punk match. Um, which we can start off with CM Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs.
1: Powerhouse Hobbs
0: with dude. with Hook wearing his fucking white tee.
1: What's Hook's thing? Is he just like a guy who just interferes?
0: I guess he is the Hook. I guess he's the Hook. <laughs> He's, he's Taz's son, so he has to be hooked in there somewhere. <laughs> Get it? Um,
1: and whatever happened with that shit where he was trained under Cody and then Taz got him and he's like, no, you're coming home and I'm going to train you. And then, like, then nothing ever happened with that.
0: I don't know. Because <laughs> cause Taz, didn't Taz, like, choke out Cody in the ring?
1: Yeah. That, that never went anywhere.
0: It, it, I guess Cody had to do some fucking TV show, so...
1: Yeah, he had to go do a cigar company or something.
0: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but, again, I'm surprised. Like, we know CM Punk is a great wrestler in back in the day. But, like, him coming back, I was kind of, like, a little worried about the rust. Which, he he went against Darby Allen, which he took a small guy and he took that match to be great. Now he's facing a huge guy, like Powerhouse Hobbs. And... I gotta admit, Powerhouse Hobbs did great with CM Punk. I was a little worried that because he's might be a little bit of a rookie compared to CM Punk that he would mess up. But he didn't miss a beat at all. He 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 had some power. His, his Spine Buster is fucking amazing, though.
1: Great Spine Buster. Mm-hmm. Great Power Slam, too. He does the the Oklahoma Stampede that he's called. I think they're calling it the Oakland Stampede because he's from Oakland. Uh, but he does that thing where he runs into turnbuckles, turns around, and fucking just slams you in the middle of the mat. Mm-hmm. Good move. Um, he he's getting it though. Hobbs he, he he knows how to fucking do this shit. He's doing the the. He's got great facial expressions. He knows when to like stop and just be like make some kind of face. Like after he's just gotten done beating somebody up, it's just, it's it's cool. He's. He's getting the whole how to be an actual pro wrestler thing.
0: Mm -hmm. CM Punk sold really well. Um, There was one spot. Tell me if this was a botch or not. So, like, CM Punk goes on the top rope where Hobbs is, and he, like, puts his, like, he's about to do, like, a Hurricane Rana kind of thing off of, or the Frankensteiner off of the uh, top. But, like, Power Hobbs, uh, Hobbs, like, uh, stops him, and and he's about to do a powerbomb but then he still gets off that Frankensteiner. Was that a botch? Cause it looked weird.
1: No, I think, uh, I think that's what they were going for, but it was on it was executed sloppily. Yeah. Uh, this is where I thought maybe they were getting a little too cute for their own good. Cause I, I tell what they're doing It's like, okay, I'm going to do super hard Corona, but you're going to stop me because you're strong. And then I'm going to like fight out of it, or, or out of your grip and then just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds simple, but actually sitting up there and doing all that shit's kind of complicated. <laughs> Obviously, because they kind of they almost uh they narrowly avoided a bad spill, I think. Yeah. Puck, I thought Puck landed on his fucking head. Uh and I thought Hobbs did too, almost.
0: Oh, the, the the commentary said he landed on his head.
1: I didn't really I didn't clearly see it. I might have looked away at that split second or something, but I thought Punk did, and when he got up, his it looked like he busted his lip. His mouth was bleeding, so he must have hit something. Maybe he hit his own knee or whatever the hell. I don't know. <laughs> it was like, ooh, shit. <sighs> that was close. <laughs> That's probably the only spot in the match that kind of got gummed up. Um, otherwise, it's just, you know, Hobbs, establishing Hobbs, getting him over was what this match was about, but also keeping seeing see Punk over. Mm-hmm. He, that's that's the kind of thing he likes to do. Uh, he helped Hobbs out, establish him some more, and pucks over because he beat this guy.
0: Yeah, um, I I i like that he brought the fucking Macho Man Randy Savage elbow drop.
1: I like that elbow, but it's not a very. I like when he does that move. This is gonna sound weird but it's not a very good top rope elbow (laughs) drop. Like when you see him do it, he kind of like, he goes like, yeah, he does the Macho Man thing, but then when he jumps off, he's like, (laughs) Like that's how he flies through the air, then he hits a guy, and it's just kind of an awkward flying elbow. When you'd see Macho Man do it, it's like one smooth motion. Yeah. There's no, oh, my God, I'm falling. He just jumps up there and is like, yeah, bam, just drives it in.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I think Sam um, Punk is just trying to be safe, I guess, a little bit.
1: That's just how he's always done it. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's like he's not really a top rope, jumpy kind of guy. I don't think that was ever his thing. He was more about strikes and doing like submissions and chaining moves together, kind of shit.
0: I got a question. What do you think about Taz's commentary? Especially, he's,
1: he's Taz. It's just we've listened to Taz for years, but. Uh, that was something else I was going to bring up over the show. It was like Ricky Starks was on commentary with him. Yeah. And they're kind of fun together. I, I like them.
0: Yeah. I, I, I have to admit, Ricky Starks on commentary is kind of gold a little bit. Because he's like, especially when, uh, I, I guess we'll talk about it later, but when, when, uh, Sammy Guevara comes out with the fucking cards and shit. Yeah. That, that scene was fucking funny as hell. But, uh,. Uh, this match was great. Um, I'm I'm amazed by CM Punk's strength a little bit of putting Powerhouse Hobbs on his fucking shoulders like that, uh, yeah. because he, you know he gets to go to sleep and he obviously wins. I do like that Powerhouse Hobbs mocked him a little bit as well when he did the go to sleep and then <laughs> and then after that that's when CM Punk came up and like punch him and your Ted's like
1: oh you took too long why did you do that <laughs> God Jesus. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I thought it was good, too, though. I I gave it a 7.
0: I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I enjoyed it. Uh, Because usually, like, when you see... The the last time, besides Brock Lesnar, right? The last time that someone looked big like Powerhouse Hobbs, like a Ryback, like, it it looked bad when Ryback was facing against Punk. This one actually looked decent.
1: Because Hobbs has talent. Mm Mm-hmm. The Ryback is just a the big sack of meat that throws you. And Hobbs <laughs> knows how to work a little bit.
0: And now he does shows in his fucking car eating shit. I don't know if you've seen that.
1: And He's like, I'm coming back. He said he was coming back out of retirement. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I haven't heard anything since then.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So what's what's the next match? Or do we get the...
1: There's no promo. It's just the next match. Okay. It's a uh, the Super Click, which I hate. This, by the way, it's like they made a, a team within a team. Mm-hmm. It's it's the Young Fox and Adam Cole with versus Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus. And I want to say right off the bat, I'm not liking the shit with Adam Cole and the Super Click and him being in the elite. I don't I don't like it.
0: Here, here's what I'm thinking. I still, I still think Adam Cole is that storyline that he's going to split up the elite. Because why he has this now super click with the Young Bucks? Um, why does it have to be a separate team? Why can't it just be the the elite? Why does it have because to
1: be? Because they're the super click. Because they want to be. Shawn Michaels and and Razor Ramon and fucking Kevin Nash and shit, but they can't because your girl half the size.
0: Of they it. gotta stop doing that. They 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 gotta <laughs> they, they got stay away from doing old shit because you need to come up with new shit. Like Adam, well, they
1: did come up with new shit. They like to do this this gay looking spot where they all kiss Adam Cole on the cheek and he loves it. <laughs> I'm like, hey, what the f-? like? <laughs> especially the shot of him, but he's got jungle boy, the camel clutch. and They just come in and he's like, yeah. And he's like sitting on top of a, he's sitting on top of another man who's in pain. And then they kiss him. And it's just like, what is this? Is this is, <laughs> I don't know how to react.
0: To that. Maybe that why, Maybe that's why Britt Baker's, uh, likes Tony a little bit more.
1: Cause he thinks he's being a little fruity with his fucking friends. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I do like Adam Cole's fucking theme song still, and I I still like that he does the boom, and then, baby Adam Cole, Cole. baby. It, it's it's kind of like they took the super click, and they used his theme song, because you have to have Adam Cole have his theme song. <laughs> this is going to sound fucked up, because I know he's a good worker and a good wrestler, but like without his theme song, he's kind of just Adam Cole <laughs> in the ring. You need to have that in there. I don't know.
1: He's still over, I think, as, as Adam Cole. It's just that's part of like why he's over is his entrance.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like... Uh, Bobby Roode, glorious.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like other people that have an entrance that helps him get over. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a fucking clusterfuck match, though. <laughs> I, lost, I lost
0: control of this match because you want to know why? Rick Knox was a fucking referee.
1: It's a Rick Knox-Young J- Bucks match every time the young bucks have a match, Rick Knox is there because he won't do anything because that's his referee style. He's just like, he watches people do things and he says, guys, come on. And that's it. <laughs> uh,
0: So the, I, I, I'm going to fuck up your name in the chat, but I'm just going to say 1998. So I'm going to go with that. He says, I have an issue with CM Punk because he left in 2013 and he didn't miss beat from yesterday. Actually thought was in... So, wait, you have an issue with him, but you're giving him a compliment? I, I don't get it. Uh, actually thought I was in 2013 again. So, do you have an issue with him because he could have stayed with the WWE and had the same beat that he has now? I, I'm pretty sure the reason why he left is because he didn't like how he was being treated. And the it-
1: way I'm taking his comment was he had an issue with him because he left, and then... He's back now, and it seems like he's just as good. Which yeah. it honestly seems that way to me. Yeah, I, it doesn't he doesn't seem to be wrestling any different at all from what he used to?
0: Yeah, I, yeah, he he hasn't missed a beat. But I think the main thing, I mean, obviously he made it a point in in his promo uh, at Dynamite where he said, you know, it's good to be back in New York City, and he says it's good that pro wrestling is back uh, finally again in New York City, meaning that. AEW is more pro wrestling than WWE. That's his opinion. Um, <laughs> and,
1: he, and he also said, "Like, listen, I'm sorry if I disappointed everybody, but I had to. I had to leave." Mm-hmm. He said that, so you know, he said he was sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but uh,
2: but- yeah,
1: I, I lost track of this match uh, around the. Five six minute mark because they kept switching guys in and out and shit was going they were doing Young Bucks like to do this shit where like a spot in a sequence leads to another spot in a sequence with somebody else really fast. They love doing that shit. I can't stand it because after you go two sequences in it just becomes like a blur and nothing registers with you because everything's happening too fast.
0: Yeah. Um I I, I think even Christian but it's kind of like this is dumb like he was he was mostly on the outside of the ring um uh, because because yeah. all the craziness that was happening uh i i i i have to I, I hate saying this this sucked I didn't like it
1: it wasn't like it started out okay because at first Christian was in the ring mm-hmm. and, and he was a, it was just kind of like a, a regular tag match for like a couple minutes while he was in there yeah and then it would break down and then it would kind of form back up again into a match somewhat uh like jungle boy did some cool stuff i like when he did the double arm drag thing off the ropes that was really cool and it looks like they're setting up him and adam cole which they did later on in the show They said adam cole's gonna go fight jungle boy next wednesday that's that should be pretty good.
0: That should be a good match because it's Adam Cole and it's Jungle Boy and not some Luchasaurus. I'm sorry, Luchasaurus is huge, but like, what is he anymore now? He's he's just a muscle.
1: It, it, it was he's a dinosaur, he's 65 billion years old. It's like, like <laughs> <laughs> come on, guys. But like, he did okay in this match too. Sometimes he gets a little too cute for his own good and fucking mm. exposes himself but he didn't somehow he didn't manage to do that in this match Uh Christian everything Christian tried to do was good
2: mm.
1: Adam Cole for the most part everything he tried to do was good except when he wants to do his super click shit with his friends <laughs> it was what it was it was a big clusterfuck but it was somewhat entertaining in little spots
0: yeah I'm gonna tell you straight off the bat. I'm just giving this a four out of ten. I'm
1: gonna give it a five out of ten <laughs> <laughs> because, like, this—the this, sheer talent of some of the guys involved—kept it from just being awful. Mm-hmm. But it's like, in spite of they're they're doing that, in spite of what the match actually is. Uh, they saved it for being like totally fucking t- bad, in my opinion. But there, there's some bad shit that happens later. Hey, we'll get to. <laughs> uh the next match was Man, Men of the Year, which is Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, that's that's their new tag team.
0: I uh, here I I'm going to say the positives before we get into the negatives of this match. Uh yeah. I like Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Whatever they're doing, I like that they're heels. I think Scorpio Sky being a heel is a good move.
1: It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I like Ethan Page too from what I've seen of them so far.
0: Uh, the negatives, uh, Chris Jericho's still fat. fat but <laughs> yeah, hey,
1: maybe he's more suited to a tag run right now, because I did notice he handled himself a little better in this environment than usual. Yeah. He can actually, he can get in there and work for like two or three minutes, and when he starts sucking wind, he can just tag out and collect himself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? And keep in mind, this is coming from a fat guy right here, so, like, I'm not say anything, because Chris Jericho could still go, but, like, there's a point where you just need to stop. <laughs> and, yeah.
1: I mean, I'm not fucking in top shape either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, it's just when you've seen this guy for so long and you know, like, Jericho was a guy that could always wrestle the distance. hmm And now he's just, and, and we know, especially, like, I bring this up every now and then, he's not where he was when he started here. Mm-hmm. He's he's gotten he's let himself go he used to be in better shape uh he needs he, he if he wants to stay fat and not give a fuck he needs to be in tag matches more mm. <laughs> if he doesn't if he wants to actually apply himself and try to get this in better shape take some time off put somebody over in an angle like let men of the year spike power drive chris jericho through a a plexiglass or something and fuck him up and he'd go away but.
0: Uh. Jake Hager, I I mean, I think the only reason why Jake Hager is in his fucking match with Jericho, because I'm like, doesn't Jericho like to be tag teams with the Spanish God, fucking uh, Sammy Guevara and all that stuff? Because that's what they've always been doing. But because of this whole America fucking whatever people are like an MMA group or whatever, um, like they have to put Jake Hager in it because he did MMA.
1: They always talk about how Jake Hager does MMA and shit, but he never does any MMA shit in his matches. I just think that's strange. Like, if you're going to, like, bring that up, he needs to try to incorporate that into his work a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Hager didn't really... He he was there. He did his shit. Uh, Let's see. Scorpio got the win because... I think Lambert grabbed, was it Hager's foot? Did Hager take the pin? I can't remember.
0: Hager took the pin because Lambert uh, tripped his foot and then like the, I think Ethan Page did a move and pinned him. And... No, uh,
1: Scorpio got he hit him and then he put him in a fucking uh, like a cradle. He did like a schoolboy or some shit. I don't know. I yeah. can't remember. He did some kind of painting combination and They they won. And I was like, yes, the manager actually interfered and got somebody to win for once at AEW.
0: Yeah, and um, <laughs> Lambert was like celebrating forever uh, until the point where Jericho and Jake Hager like drag him into the ring um, and then out of nowhere, like the whole America, what was it? The, what's America's
1: the- top team. A bunch of MMA people came out and swarmed the fucking ring beat <laughs> the fuck out Hager and Jericho. And Jericho took a knee from some guy who's dressed like how Seth Rollins tries to dress now on SmackDown.
0: And he also yeah. took punches from uh, a woman.
1: Paige Van Zandt, She did some punches, and it looked kind of hokey because I mean, you're telling an MMA person, hey, pull your punches. They're not a wrestler, so it's going to look strange. Yeah,
0: and um, <laughs> she punched him in the stomach, so it was all fat. So, what
1: is it with all the fucking stomach punches? I wanted her to punch him in the face. <laughs> like, honestly, it's like, think about how much more humiliating that would be. Yeah. A girl, a, a girl knocked you out, Lambert could say that, and you fucking get heat. And then Jericho would be like, Yeah, but I was tired. And you had that guy who looked like Seth Rollins beat me in the face before that <laughs> or after. Actually, that was after. <laughs> but uh, the beat, that was. I didn't expect that uh that knee from that dude looked fucking great when he hit jericho with it he fucking laid there like he was dead yeah. i think he bladed because he had like a little he had like a little pap smear thing going mm. it wasn't it wasn't a very good blade but he's scared i guess he forgot how to do it because <laughs> it's, it's there's like that that shot of him where he's fiddling with his wrist band and he's getting a blade out obviously it's the Damn camera crew in the truck are not cutting away from them. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that. Like, come on, guys, why are you showing people reaching for blades? Like, obviously, fuck.
0: I I, th- I thought the ending was kind of a little hokey, a little bit because because nobody knows these MMA people. Some uh, people
1: know these MMA people.
0: Some of them, but not all of them. Um, oh,
1: I don't know who. I don't know who. Like nine tenths of them are. I know who Paige Van Zant is. That's the only one I actually No, I know Andre Orlovsky. He's from back in the day, though. He's like he's past his prime. Yeah. Uh but that's
0: it. I Lambert is great on the mic. That that's the thing I will say. Um I think he needs to stay with the men of the year. Um not have all his MMA people come out. I I just I, I it looked unreal, like, it looked very controversial, uh, in a way, like, all these MMA people are coming to beat up fucking wrestlers, but it also,
1: it also looked really controversial, because a lot of them couldn't work, punch, yeah. at all, and it was just, like, they are obviously, like, trying to miss, or, like, it just looked bad, a lot of that looked bad.
0: It kind of looks like what you would see at the end of a show, like, what they would pay off for the crowd to be like, oh, you know, come in the ring and, you know, do these punches and knock out a wrestler for funsies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and and it just didn't pay off for me. And I was just like, Ugh. And Jericho and Jake Hager didn't look that well. The men of the year looked good. Um, but I, I have to give this a middle down the road. I have to give it a five out of ten.
1: I give it a... Five point twenty
0: five out of ten. Alright.
1: Okay. <laughs> so we got another clusterfuck match. Yes. It was Santana and Ortiz and the Lucha Brothers on a team versus Private Party and Butcher and Blade on a team. And this one made somehow made less sense than the one before it.
0: Yeah, because I don't know why. <laughs>
1: I don't know. This, this is a young bucks production, I guess. uh But like, Santana Ortiz came out dressed up like fucking warrior shit, and that was cool. He even had like the bottles. And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Lucha Brothers there, and I I like them okay. Sometimes they participate too much in that goofy shit themselves, but they're okay. Mm-hmm. And I did like Private Party, but I feel like they're getting dragged down in this matt hardy jobber factory fucking <laughs> faction what the hell what is the point of this fucking faction where it's just like matt hardy got a bunch of people to somehow sign up with him but they all suck like they
2: like,
1: yeah. like the butcher blade don't really win that much private party you could argue were like their his highest signees mm-hmm. and um, sometimes they win uh he's got the Bunny, who's still just the Bunny, and that's weird. And he's got, like, Jack Evans and then Helico; who's, They're just a fucking jobber tag team. Yep. It's just a bunch of guys who lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh... I will say, it looked like Blade's gotten into better shape. He looks kind of, like, ripped a little bit.
0: Very ripped.
1: He's, like, he's got kind of a good look going for him, but he's stuck in a, a jobber faction. Mm-hmm. Um... There's not much I can say about the action that was going on because it's,
0: just, it's chaos.
1: It was chaos,
0: and every time I see chaos, I just lose interest. And I, this was one of the matches that I kind of just went like, I don't care. Um,
1: I really didn't care after like the first two minutes. I was like, this is fucking dumb. I, I will,
0: <laughs> I will say like it's athletic of what they do. It's very high fly and all, but it's core. It, it doesn't look real. And, it's choreographed. yes yeah, it's,
1: it's very clearly choreographed and planned out.
0: and it's like a spot fest. Um, when you when you know there's a fight, it's it's better planned well when it looks like it's a fight. If you have just people just flipping and stuff, it just doesn't look really well. And I gotta give this a four out of ten because I'm just like I don't care.
1: <laughs> I gave it a four point five out of ten because uh, some of the stuff that uh, Santana Ortiz was doing it was like good
2: mm-hmm. I
1: like them though and some of the shit the Lucha Brothers were doing was, was good too Uh, looks like sometimes Ray Phoenix especially sometimes it looks like he's like he's so fast he's so trying to get into doing his spots I feel like sometimes he gets lost and like his timing gets off and then he ends up in like this spot for like a couple seconds where he's like wait what and then like somebody does not move to him I don't know if that's intentional or not. But that's just how it comes off to me. <laughs> uh,
0: we have a second. The other
1: guy's a uh, fucking whatever. Like, you know, Private Party did some cool shit. Too. Did you see Mark Quinn do that shooting star press? And he landed on his fucking feet. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? And, and then he just ate a move or some shit. And I, was like, I hate that because that guy's got so much potential and he's just stuck being a jobber. Well, maybe
0: eventually he'll be out of it at some point because you know stables don't last really uh, very long in AEW. Um, there is segments here. Uh, backstage, Tony Schiavone is interviewing Matt Hardy and Jack Evans. Hardy promises that the night isn't over as Penelope Ford will end the return of Anna J. Hardy challenged Orange Cassidy to a hair-versus-hair match against... Jack Evans. So Jack Evans is going to fight for Hardy. Um,
1: I got to bring this up, too, because he said this comment. Because something was going on out there during that clusterfuck match where Matt Hardy pulled out a pair of scissors. He was going to try to cut somebody's hair off. I think it was Ortiz. Uh, And Orange Cassidy's music played, and he just stood up there on the ramp, and he was just pissed. Matt was pissed because he was there. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Jack Evans tried to stop him, but he just Superman punched him. That was able to stop him from cutting his hair. Uh, but he was complaining about how Orange Cassidy keeps stopping him from cutting other people's hair. And I'm like, why are you wanting to cut other people's hair? What the fuck? what is this? <laughs> You're not Brutus the Barber Beefcake? What the fuck? <laughs> <sighs>
0: And then uh, Sam McVayner comes out with uh, Fuego uh, and does the whole because he does the fucking the the cue cards thing when it's like break time, and yeah. you know Ricky Starks and Taz are ma- laughing at him while fucking Miro comes out and beats the shit out of both of them.
1: <laughs> Miro just comes out and beats their asses and Ricky Starks even says, that's right, beat their asses! <laughs> and, like, Miro just takes Fuego and Beals him off the fucking stage, and he goes through a table, and him and Taz just laugh hysterically at that. Mm-hmm. And it kind of got me laughing, too, because of their reaction to it. They were just like, like it was the funniest thing in the world to them. <laughs> that he almost killed that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sammy's, like, crawling, trying to, like, get his friends... Flago, uh, and Miro just picks him up and fucking does something. I think he kicked him and then he put him in the camel clutch and made him humble. And that was the end of the segment. And I was like, that was just fun. I, was, <laughs> like, I just had fun watching that.
0: They're building up Sammy versus Miro for next dynamite because they're doing the TNT championship. And Miro better win again. You have to have Miro champion for a while, in my opinion. I think a full year, in my opinion.
1: Maybe, or if they can come up with some somebody good to beat him, we'll see.
0: Yeah. So we have Anna J versus Penelope Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, Penelope Ford is crazy good in a ring, in my opinion. Um, she had a better ring attire this time; didn't look like she was in lingerie or whatever. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, she switched to more of the the tights and the top thing instead of that and I'm like okay that's a little bit more sensible I guess
0: she's very flexible um she does a lot of elbows here and there um she she does she does, she does a lot of believable fighting uh compared to like other women in wrestling that's
1: uh, true she's got kind of this decent heel viciousness thing going for her too where she likes to do heel shit and which to look really aggressive when she does it
0: I like that she's not with Kip anymore.
1: I I was just thinking about that the other day. I'm like, what happened to Kip?
0: Probably playing Twitch. I think he's injured. Oh. Yeah, I think that's why you don't see him on, on camera. But I Penelope needs to be on her own. I don't think don't put her with Kip. Because once once like the, the best men storyline happened, that's what hurt Miro. And, and yeah. I and I think that's what hurt Penelope. So just have Kip just be on his own. Repackage him.
1: Yeah, and Anna Jay looked good in this match too. Actually, I mm. was surprised because I remember before, like I saw her before a little bit, and it was like she's green, but she's she's okay. She's maybe she'll get better, mm. you know. But this time, it looked like she'd actually been training some more. She's she looked a lot smoother. Yeah, And I Like I was like, she was doing that thing where she's put somebody in a chokehold or shit. And they're like the Queen Slayer. And I'm like wait, is her finisher a sleeper hold? And I was like, you know what? Respect. <laughs> In the modern day, if you're going to like make your finisher a sleeper hold, you get my respect.
0: <laughs> uh, there was a lot of elbow strikes. And it, uh, you just talked about the Queen Slayer. Um, and then there was a distraction. What's with AEW and distractions where they're on the ramp and they get angry? Well,
1: yeah. that's, for, that's an old WWE thing.
0: Yeah, because like... the bunny comes out and does a distraction and then eventually uh gets the brass knuckles uh and uh penelope wins uh which by the way i i I always mark out when a brass knuckle or a foreign object comes in and they hide it in like their pants or trunks i i I mark i have like this heel mark out that that happens i'm like oh yeah that's fucking awesome because the rep didn't see it
1: yeah that's always a good little entertaining bit um Mm. I always, uh, after that, like, the match got cut short, I felt like. like it, could, it, was, it was like, okay, this is getting, like, this could maybe be pretty good. And then it just stopped.
0: Yeah, because oh. they wanted to fucking build. They, they wanted time for the, the fucking main event.
1: Uh, <sighs> or they, uh, they wasted a bunch of time on this fucking bullshit that happened after the match, too, though. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, what's what... So... Fucking Orange Cassidy comes out with a fucking Statlander and then all of a sudden the, the Dark Order's back together again because...
1: Because the Hardy family office came out and blocked the ring mm-hmm. while this while, while the girls just beat the fuck out of Anna Jay. I, I don't... They just don't like each other, I guess. Which is fair. Yeah. So it's whatever. All women hate each other. That old thing. Whatever. <laughs> but... yeah then all the all the dark order comes out with them and they all get in there and they fight they run them off and then they milk this shit where they save Ty Conti and Anna then they do that you're gonna shake hands and then half of them walk off and don't shake hands Mm -hmm. and I'm like all I could get out of that I I stopped caring like almost immediately yeah I "I wish they get this shit over with the dark order and quit dragging it out Break them the fuck up, and do whatever it is you want to do with them. Because I'm tired. I'm tired of fucking see it. I think they should have broke this group up after Brody Lee died. Personally, if you want to ask me,
0: yeah, I think if uh, ev- uh, I think eventually yeah. they will. Um, but the the Penelope Ford and Anna J match, I give it a five point five out of ten. I did th- it was decent, even though it was short. It could have been longer.
1: Yeah, I gave it 5.25. That's It's not their fault. That's just what they were told to do, and it was short. I think it could have turned into something a little better.
2: They mm-hmm. just didn't
1: have enough time. Uh, then we do the split Mark Henry main event interview that I always enjoy just because of how Mark is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, uh, he's like, these guys, they don't like each other. Lance, what's going on, brother? <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> That's just how he conducts the interview. And it's just really cool. Um, that it wasn't really much of an interview this time, though. Like, basically, Lance Archer spoke for uh, Suzuki because he's, he can't speak English, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and he just said, We're going to fucking beat your all's asses. And then it went to Eddie Did He's like, No, I'm fucking, no. And he just tries to tear his shirt up. and He's like, I'm done talking. I'm done. And he just walks away. <laughs> that was the end of the interview. And Mark's like, there's no more words to say on to the main event
0: <laughs> yeah I, I i remember i made the commentary i was like mark henry's very like bored when he does it but like he does it in a good way like i guess i have had this microphone let me go talk to these wrestlers
1: <laughs> he's got this real chill laid-back way to conduct an interview compared to like that other dude alex Morvez, who's like it feels like he's going to implode through his asshole <laughs> because he, he just doesn't know how to be on camera and it makes him very nervous, clearly. <laughs> just, yeah. And hey, remarketer is just like, man, I've been on camera since 1996. I don't give a fuck anymore. Here we go. <laughs> We're going to do an interview. <laughs> uh Then we got Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki versus A Kingston and John Moxley. This is lights out because... This is one. Of, this is a Moxley signature. They always got to have a goddamn lights out match for John Moxley somehow, some way. And it's like I like how they set this up because it's like this is a lights out match. And when we turn the lights off and turn them back on, that means this is not a sanctioned AEW match anymore. It's like oh, just because you do that, and then like you still use an AEW referee. <laughs> You could have even got, like, here, put on a black shirt or some shit. Pretend you're a referee or something.
0: Here's what I got to say. What you kind of see in this match, peaks of what Suzuki is all about, is in this match. He's kind of, of the Terry Funk of New Japan, and what they tried to do... See, I don't understand why they're feuding in the first place. Like, I know John Moxley and uh, fucking Lance Archer. I, like, I know their feud kind of thing because he lost his uh, belt to Lance Archer, and then like I know Suzuki and John Moxley have a thing, but like they're all friends in a way, and I don't understand why there's a feud. And like I'm very confused on why this match is happening and why it's a fucking main event in the first place because I'm just like I don't care like the whole John Moxley and Suzuki match that happened on Dynamite last week kind of killed things were they trying to make up for it because they know people fucking mark out for a hardcore match because this technically was a fucking hardcore match
1: if they were trying to make up for it they didn't do a very good fucking job of it
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> it got really hokey when they started, like, fucking sparring with chairs on a ramp.
1: That sucked. It's like they do this, they do this bullshit where you duel with chairs and you're hitting each other. Okay, that's it's a little cheesy, but okay. But then, like, right after that, this is what kills it. Right after you duel with the chairs and you knock the guy's chair out of his hands, Moxley lost the chair. Suzuki just gut shots him with the bridge of the headrest of the chair with mm-hmm. the backrest, I should say. And I'm like, after all that shit, you know, viciously fucking slam it into the back or, or like do a, a worked headshot at least like, come on. This looks like garbage. When you just do all that shit, and you hit somebody in the stomach. Like,
0: ugh. <laughs> uh, the single leg, uh, crab, uh, applied to Moxley as Archer hits him in the head with the trash can lid was kind of cool to me a little bit because th- there, there there's some things I'm like, ah, oh, that's kind of cool and interesting. But at the same time, it just, it again, chaos took control of this. And then it, like, it seemed like there was a spot fest that was happening. Um, there was a point that shit
1: with Archer fucking grabbing ringside personnel and slamming them everywhere. What the fuck was the point of that?
0: that's his gimmick i think in new japan where he just takes people and tosses them and uses them as weapons and i think that's what they were doing
1: okay i just thought it was stupid and a waste of time here
0: this whole match was a waste of time
1: (laughs) you said it
0: (laughs) (laughs) because it it, why is kingston in this match
1: because he's moxley's friend he's his bro they tag together
0: I, I've never seen Kingston in this type of match before.
1: I I think he has a track record of being in those kinds of matches, hardcore matches, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I'm not real well-versed on his career before he was at NWA or anything. I can't really comment. But, um, like, <laughs> you brought you're up some good points, though. What was the point of this match? Why are they doing this? Why is it they want to keep putting Japanese senior citizens against John Moxley? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know how old Suzuki is. I'm just, I'm just kind of ribbing him a little bit. I don't mean anything by it. <laughs> but, uh, I just felt like a lot of this was just shitty and stupid looking.
0: And this was just like a cheap way to put like homicide in the match.
1: I kind of marked out for homicide a little bit. When I heard the gunshots and the police siren, and it's like homicide, oh, I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't really get to do much of anything. I was like, oh, <laughs> just like he just kind of helped him a little, and that was it.
0: Yeah, he, he gave him little chair shots, and then uh, it, it was cool to you know see him in there. But like I was like, oh, just he's there because he's homicide and hardcore and all that stuff.
1: I got, I gotta say, I'm tired of these. I'm tired of people doing shit where it's like they just stand up and tee off on each other with forearms. Mm -hmm. And they no-sell it, which they did this time and it looked really shitty when they did it. Mm -hmm. Especially Suzuki. I guess I understand if that's some of his thing, but I don't like it because it looks really bad when he's doing it. It just looks like he's He's not getting hit really and then he's not reacting to it at all at the same time. I
0: I have to say I have to say this. I think it's John Moxley. I when he does it in New Japan against the wrestlers, it looks legit like they're having a, a tee off, like a good tee off. Okay. But John Moxley doesn't do it really well. And we talked about this that he's not good at punching. <laughs>
1: How can he be like this fucking crazy brawler guy He can't throw a damn punch? Sometimes yeah. he throws like a jab. Even Kenny Olivier and fucking Daniel Bryan would throw jabs. Brian Daniel said, I'm sorry, throw jabs at each other.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Kenny Olivier can throw a bit of a punch a little. Okay. But um, yeah, I'm not trying to take anything away from... I can't fairly judge him because I know this isn't his environment. Mm-hmm. And he's like working with the guy maybe he's not real familiar with. I know he has this really good reputation outside of this, but I just call him what I see here. And a lot of it just doesn't look very good.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know what I have to say, but I mean, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, win. that's the finisher and
1: I did like the finish, I did like when, uh, fucking (laughs) Kingston, beat the shit out of Lance Archer with a trash can, put his head in it, and then just beat the piss out of him with his head in the can with a kendo stick. Like, he hit him, like, 20 sometimes, and then pinned him. And that actually pinned him. Yeah. Instead of him kicking out, like, a fucking stupid bullshit anime match or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What'd you give this match?
1: I gave it a 4.25 out of 10 just because of that finish.
0: I gave it a 4 out of 10.
1: That finish was the only thing that made me like. I, I actually started laughing when that, when that 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 finished the match. I was like, well, "That was great. I love that finish."
0: <laughs> All right. So d- definitely, there was two different shows that were booked weirdly. A
1: tale uh, of two shows for one wrestling promotion.
0: This time, the first match was amazing, and then the rest of the matches were just like, "What the fuck." <laughs>
1: It felt like, like I said, it felt like they were falling back into old habits again. Mm-hmm. It's just like, just chaos matches, dumb shit. And After I said all that good stuff about Diamond, I was like, wow, there was no chaos. There was no dumb, bad, cringy shit. And then here it was, <laughs> except for like the first match. It's all, And then when Miro beat up some children.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, Positives is the first match. Second positive, Taz and Ricky Starks on commentary. Yeah. Uh, three, like Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, I think they're a good team. Four, I love the women's match, the uh, Ty Conte versus Penelope Ford. I liked it enough that I'm like, I don't need to go pee for this match. You know what I mean? But, it, was, it was
1: What they got to do was pretty good. It could have been promising and it just got cut short.
0: But unfortunately, I do have to give the show a 5.75 out of 10.
1: You could also tell the crowd was kind of out of it for this show. Well, yeah. After the
0: C.A. Puck match, they were just. Four hours of wrestling.
1: <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um, I gave it a 5.25 out of 10. I was really disappointed with this rampage. And the main event it fucking sucked. And there were several matches that I just did not care and I checked out. That's <laughs> not good. Yeah, this felt like old AEW stuff, like I was talking about before, like when we were kind of before they kind of got on this roll. It feels like they're falling back into stuff they need to quit doing.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's that's the grand slams of both Dynamite and Rampage. Yeah. Um, we are gonna get back to normal regular stuff that we've been doing. This week. Yeah. Uh, or next show, or whenever, whenever we we do it.
1: Well, it's next week unless you say no.
0: Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> uh so we're gonna get back to WCW Saturday night, and we're also gonna get back with to WWF Raw. Uh we keep the F in, not like how we get the F out.
1: Different. Different yeah. culture, different attitude. Just like after that plane ride from hell, it just happened so happened to be on the same day they were WWE. It's like yeah. something it's like it was meant to happen.
0: <laughs> it's like the Mandela effect where they just shit change and shit because of some weird event. Um, but yeah, we're going to get back to normal uh, shows. Uh, if you want to catch more of getting some color, make sure you go on Spotify, Apple podcasts, uh, Google podcasts, stitcher red circle. Uh, also, if you say Alexa, please play getting some color. We're on there as well. Uh, we're also on Amazon music. So type in Get In Some Color and hear our wrestling podcast. And we also have Big Trouble World Podcast, which me, Zach, and Andy do movies. We do a gimmick where we pick a bunch of movies and then we rank them after we watch them. Uh, the next one we are doing is the Horror Month. So watch out for the horror movies that we're going to be watching. And also we have a Resident Evil podcast, which we will be doing Revelation soon. So uh, look out for the Nemesis Project. But uh, I think we'll end it here. Remember, everybody, get some color. Peace out. See ya.